So, apparently we're not the only ones that do this, but fuck it. Three, two, one. Welcome back Yeah, uh, to another episode. I guess it's a pretty common thing, according to Caden, that people do that. So, Yeah, it's unfortunate, but... We started you know. doing it before we knew. Yep. And it doesn't need to be a shtick, but... Yeah. Well, and we're drinking Moscow Mules this week, so fuck you. And and uh, did you finish that? There's a little bit left. Finish it. Oh, it tastes so bad. Just bite the bullet. Just bite the bullet. Do it. <laughs> oh my god. So he, that tastes so bad. I can't even tell you. I can't explain how that tastes like. So he just finished an Ar- Arnold Palmer mixed with uh, vodka. It was only a one shot. I would say it's probably t- maybe two ounces of vodka. Not that much. And then like half this can. There's another half to go. You going to do it again? Um, Or do you want to try something else like whiskey or bourbon or I don't know. I guess tequila? I'll, I guess I'll find out later. That was off. That was the worst thing. It tasted like black licorice. It tasted like drinking liquid black licorice, and I'm not a fan of that. Oh, my God. I think it's hilarious. Oh, my God. So, anyways, guys, yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of this fine podcast thing. Yeah. Um, so, we actually have some emails, apparently. Okay. Um, one up from Valentine's Day and one from the day after, both from the same person. Uh, so here we go. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I did not know it was going to be this I long. I didn't know we had a novel. Fucking. Yeah. What is the, the, the acronym? Too long, did not read. T-L-D-N-R. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, K slash D, I've enjoyed the platform slash content and banter. In no particular order, I'm going to word vomit my thoughts about various topics that come to mind and provide feedback as it comes to mind. Okay, so they're like topic suggestions. So I don't yeah, know that we yeah. need to like read them all. Yeah. They're actually bullet pointed a little bit, so yeah, that's good. Yeah, thoughts for talking points, skin suits. If you travel, if you time travel, every day I wake up at five with my alarm, and every day, the second I get up, I my with uh, I uh, every day I wake up at zero five hundred with my alarm, and every day. The second I get my wits about me, I call myself a weak bitch out loud. <laughs> I do this to start every day, humbled knowing that I've not yet made it. And a deep down, terribly weak, immoral piece of shit that can always consist. You know, to me, that sounds unhealthy, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. If I'm being completely the, honest with you, Denver. This is my brother. This idea. and Look, this is the way that I approach waking up. I wake up and I don't give myself time to think. I do not give myself time to think about anything except like 
what I need to accomplish that day. And uh, especially like the example I want to set for people that w- look at me or like watch me. Because um, yeah. I am in a supervisor role technically. And, and um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I don't, I don't give myself time to evaluate myself. Except meditation's different. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like getting up and being like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm weak. I haven't quote unquote made it yet. But I think that um, correlates with lack of contentment. Um, And finding the sense of contentment where you do feel like you are enough, but you want to improve. I think that's a a huge differential. I think being able to look at yourself in the mirror and say like, I'm extremely grateful of where I am at. I've come a long way, but also to monitor your weaknesses to see what you could improve. Yeah. I, I didn't come this far to only come this far. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is kind of good because I didn't know my brother did this. Um, like, it makes sense to me just because of the way he is. Like, if he's telling himself that every day, it's no wonder why he has a zero problem telling it to anyone else. Yeah. Um, his next thing he says, uh, when junior sailors and Marines come to me for advice, I always in some way, shape or form ask if they have ever looked themselves in the eye, in the mirror, shaving, brushing their teeth or whatever, and be very self-critical of themselves, mull over their conscience and ask themselves if there's stuff inside them that doesn't feel good or right then direct them to change that change that slash those things every day. No, I think that's a solid piece of advice with it. It's worded a little bit like uh, I see the perspective in that. I think that's really good advice in the sense that evaluate yourself. And if there isn't something right, fix what's not right. Right. I think that's really good advice to list down. I think a a better, even better way is not even asking yourself, but listing that on paper because I think once you write something down, it becomes a different ball it, game. It's a little more solidifying. Right. Like if you take a sticky note and say, I am going to stop this and you put it somewhere and you see it every day, yeah. you're much more likely to, to fix that. But yeah. that's, I think that's solid advice. I think yeah. um, being able to self-evaluate and fix like individual, the core person yourself is you should be happy with, but then evaluate your weaknesses. Okay. What am I doing that successful people don't do? Um, yeah. What can I supplement that with? I, I think that's solid advice that he, he gives. Yeah, and then he he states, I always ask people if there is a movie slash book that has changed their life or outlook on life. For him, it's Fight Club, the movie and the book, has changed me to the core on what I thought I should think is important and goals I should have. And that in the way... And that in... The we all die anyway. Uh, I could write to the core on. Oh, to I could write a whole other email on prolific Fight Club quotes. Boondock Saints first seven minutes of the movie changed my life, and the father's whole Catholic priest speech. Um, we must fear evil men, but there is an evil which is much what we must fear most and that is the indifference of good men and then uh never be indifferent ever 
World War Z when Brad Pitt is talking to the Hispanic family in the apartment about leaving the area and he keeps telling them movement is life, keep moving. Fucking inspiring if you ask me. And then the and then he pulls out the Goonies, never say die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so, Goonies don't <sighs> die. Yeah. Goonies never say die. Um so with the World War Z thing, I have the book. I've read it multiple times. It's a favorite book of mine. Uh, that book, first of all, it's great entertainment va- value, but it will really make you evaluate, like, where you are. Because mm. it's, it's so much more than just a zombie book, but it, it's, like, it, it's definitely, like, the book itself is, it, it's an oral history of the zombie apocalypse. So it's actually a guy going around interviewing people on how they survived. Yeah. And, like, so you get all of these different perspectives. I mean, obviously made up, but they're, they come to life for you. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, with that kind of stuff, like the inspiring stuff, I think Jordan Peterson put it very well in the sense that things, it's very prolific. The, the, thought of when things are left to themselves they don't get better it's the same thing like if you have a house and leave it alone for a year it's not like you're going to come back and be like oh this is way better yeah uh it's going to be worse and the same thing goes for problems that people have underlying they let them they just pay no mind to them or don't keep them in check and then before long like they start consuming their life and changing their thought process and like i think holding yourself accountable is the most important thing you can do for yourself because if you don't do that then it's it's there's no binding keeping a structure on your life. Like, you're just going to be without direction because you can't focus on a goal or an outcome, and it just spirals out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Denver, this is very interesting. You have a book in your office titled "The History of Torture," and you use it as a conversation starter and uh a reminder of how fucked up and evil humans are capable of being. Uh, He says, a few takeaways for me. Be okay with violence. It's in our nature to... And two, never get captured. (laughs) A few takeaways for me is okay. Be okay with violence and it's in our nature. And number two... To never get captured. Yeah. Do you think Denver's going to be that grandpa who's like... Back, like he's stateside and he's like we're in peacetime and then he's like down in the ditch with his pants off and he's screaming that they're coming for him and his grandkids are like grandpa get out of the ditch there's no one we're we're home we're home <laughs> he's gonna be like that i i honestly don't know i think be be okay with violence <laughs> and don't get captured <laughs> who's capturing me dude you know who i have to worry about capturing me who do i have to worry about capturing me here the feds? See, I don't. I don't know. Uh, so, so I, I kind of relate his, his thought, because, I, I, I have a similar philosophy, mm-hmm. um, just from a different perspective. I used to talk to people about this all the time when I was uh, down in San Diego. Um, we had a huge power outage down there, lasted for multiple days. Oh. Um, 
and people are like, what are we going to do if, like, shit starts going downhill? I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and people are like, what are you going to do? I was like, if it's the difference between me and my wife eating and yeah. you eating, I'm fucking eating, bro. Do you know how bad that would be is if you started, like, you started <laughs> going through everyone's houses and, like, taking their shit and then the power came back on? Like, <laughs> And then you had to apologize and, like, make a public statement. And then your neighbors just know you as that guy. Like, they accept <laughs> it. They're like, he can still live here, but we don't like him anymore. Like, we know exactly, but, exactly what he's capable but, of. But, like, that's something I I, I live with. Like, because uh, I came to that, I, I came to that realization within myself uh, as far as, when I was on deployment and I thought like this dude was going to try to drive me off to some jihadi camp in the car when I was treating people. Yeah. And I was like, it's either me or him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I, yeah, your perspective makes sense of that. I, I could see that. But, but I, I've expanded that into so much more like, Okay, the economy collapses. Shit's going downhill. I, I need to eat. My wife needs to eat. If I have any kids, they need to eat. And you have food, and you're not willing to share it. Guess what? I'm taking your fucking food. Right. Whether you're alive or dead afterward, I'm fucking taking your food. Right. Period. Um, but that's complete societal collapse. Denver, I, I don't know. Denver might be the guy out in his backyard with a seven-foot trench. Yeah, sandbags and everything. Yeah. They're uh, coming. Gran Grandpa, no, that's just a Walmart. They're building a Walmart. Like, no. The enemy. <laughs> Watch the enemy. No, but I, all jokes aside, like I, I could see that applied even on the civilians, this civilian side where it says, um, be okay with violence and <coughs> never get captured. And to me, if I were to relate that to civilian life, is don't be afraid to go on the offensive. Yes. Um, because there's a lot of times in life that you have to just, you have to like make it, it, you have to make an instinctual decision, not a logical decision, but a lot of the times it's sequel, instinctual decision that you may not want to make, but you have to go on the offensive sometimes. <laughs> yes. Um, and not get captured. I would relate that to just not giving up, like not, not folding to something because you failed a, a bunch of times, like being captured by mediocrity even. So like you're you're going after something you want, like maybe you're in a program or you have some goal that you have and then you quit. It's that's like being captured. That's like being captured by society. Yes. Um, and yeah, so don't be afraid to go on the offensive and, and uh, don't give up. I think that could relate very well. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then he he writes uh, music that shaped me. Rage Against the Machine, self-titled al album from 1992. And I can attest to the fact that he did this. Mm -hmm. uh, played the CD so much, it stopped working and had to buy it two more times. Listening to them is still euphoric. Something about it just makes me want to act with magnificent violence. Pennywise, Fight Till You Die, it's just a great song. Suicidal Tendencies has a song titled I Saw Your Mommy. I want to m memorize it so I can turn it into a running cadence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his last thought here is um, 
uh, Fury is a feel-good movie, and if you don't feel this way, we're not cut from the same cloth. Fury's a feel-good movie. I never saw it. Um, it's a great movie. I know it has uh, uh, um, freaking, uh, what's his name, Bradley Pitts? Yeah, it's got Brad Pitt. And uh, that's about all I know about it. And it's in World War II. It's a, it's about a tank crew in World War Two. Yeah, it's got uh, Shia LaBeouf in it too. Okay. Um, it's it's a really good movie. Um, I I don't know if it's a feel good movie. Um, I never thought of it as a feel good movie, but it is a good movie. And that's I I would guess that's just a big part of his perspective being in the military and like actually still in that bubble. Whereas like if you if you were, and, and nothing downplaying, like, what he's saying or his opinions in that, but in the civilian world, you learn really quick that, like, most people don't think that way. And I think you can attest to that, too, right? Oh, sorry. Say that again. Okay. Sorry, I was reading. Um, I was going to, I was just saying that that point of view, the whole feel-good movie thing, um you find out pretty quickly. And like I said, it's because I think he's in the bubble of the military still. And that realm of thinking is still like accepted widely around your peers. But when you get out into civilian life and you're surrounded by people, you realize that like, I'd say 99.5% of people don't feel that way. Um, yeah, I mean, but outside of that, people should be able to recognize a good movie for being a good movie. For sure, but the whole idea of it being a feel-good movie. I would assume it's very violent and bloody and gory and all that kind of stuff. It, it's very violent. Um, there's not a whole lot of blood and gore to it, but it is a very violent movie. Um, it, it's kind of about this one one guy. He gets put on this tank crew. He's a replacement um, driver slash gunner for him. Yeah. And, uh, He's, like, fresh off the boat, out of basic training, has no idea what war is like, and it's basically about him losing his innocence in that way. Um, but, yeah. So, laughable things. In episode three, Dallas made the claim that he is not only... he That he is the only member of his family that is proficient in using slash handling firearms. This is not true. I own several guns and shoot them frequently. And due to the nature of my job, I'm required to qualify shooting on a pistol and rifle semi-annually. True. Denver, I used to do this. The anchor ad sucks dicks. It's straight trash. Couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, uh, that's gone. That's out. Uh, around ap episode 8 to 10, it sounds like Dallas is talking into a string slash can phone. That's something we're trying to address. Um, Caden being upset with the IMC CEO. Episode 4, 5, or 6 is an MD. Is straight ridiculous. The majority of hospital directors are in some way, shape, or form MDs with additional business training and experience. Okay, I was probably very drunk then. Yeah. And two... I can guarantee we were very drunk. Two. Two... I'm going to, no, you know what? I'm going to double down on this. I do think it's ridiculous because somebody who's an MD has went to school their whole life to be a doctor. I don't care if they have additional business training. They're not going to have as much business training as somebody who went through 16 years of business training. 
and law school. So yeah, I'll double down on that. I truly believe if you want a hospital to run at its maximum performance, you have somebody who's attuned to business and you have his advisors, vice presidents, maybe be MDs, but I don't see a reason for an MD to be CEO. Continue. Um, Dallas talking about how this theme of the podcast is comedy, but the majority of all conversations are serious or have some level of serious nature. Just let the shit flow naturally and let it happen for fuck's sake. Okay, Denver, we label it as a comedy podcast so we can fall back on that. Like, we hope that it becomes more funny over time, but ultimately that's like our safety net of like, Oh, you said this 10 years ago, and so I'm not going hire to you, hire you. It was a comedy bit. It's a character piece. Character piece, yeah. It's a character piece. Yep. <clears throat> His perspective, both of us have spoken about leadership and ourselves in some capacity with not so good people managing you or working for organizations that have created some sort of displeasure. Some people just fucking suck. There's no two ways about it, yeah. There are people in management that shouldn't be. Any organization you you work for, belong to, has a mission and vision statement with end state goals. If your desire is to belong with the organization, it's never about you. It's about the fulfillment of that mission statement. Point blank, if you can't support that, then you need to move on. Now, that's not, that's not, that's way easier said than done, and I'll tell you why. In civilian life, you are put in situations where you have to provide for, for your family or, like, pay your bills and whatnot. Yeah. There's no one, there's no benefits for, like, paying your mortgage, right? Right. There's no benefit for getting a more affordable, somebody who's not in the military versus in the military. I'm not saying it's easier to be in the military, but I'm saying... The mortgage rates are higher if you haven't been in the military. You have to pay mortgage insurance if you haven't been in the military. There's no BAH. There's no, there's no assistance programs is what I'm trying to say. So a lot of the times people will work in organizations and feel like they're trapped and, and they can't move anywhere. And I would say if you're unsatisfied with your manager, supervisor, whatever, I, I realize now that they're just people too. Like yeah. they're, they, they may have bills that they, their parent may have, one of their parents may have died. They may have bills or behind on bills that translates into them treating, you know, may, making bad judgment calls. Right. But I think that attests in civilian life, there's a lot more of the human aspect that you have to take into account when you're dealing with other people. And I've noticed that with my bosses or uh, higher ups, especially, is that mm-hmm. you, you can't just worry about the job. And I know it's that way in the military, but in civilian life, you have to balance dealing with them as an emotional being as well, which Kay. not everyone's good with. Okay, so I'm going to say this, having lived on both sides of the fence. Yeah. Um, the military is very mission-driven and oriented. However, that's not the only thing that they're about. Uh there are plenty of examples I have from my career where there uh, I've had upper management people or people that were in charge of me um, support me on an emotional level, like uh, oh yeah okay uh, and and treat me like a decent person, 
and you're right, you do get BAH and everything like that, but um, the idea with the civilian sector is that's supposed to be compensated for by getting paid more base pay, period. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, there are some things you don't have to worry about in the military, and they kind of become stressors when you get out, like, but they're, like, small things. Um, some of them are big. Medical? Uh, medical insurance. If you're not retiring with uh, VA medical benefits, like, you have to worry about that. Um, if, uh, like, one of the biggest, it's not, it wasn't one of the biggest things for me, but, like, one of the things that I noticed was, like, during the week, I, I was thinking, what the fuck do I wear? Okay, yeah. You wear the same thing every day. Right. You don't have to think about it. Like, right. I wake up, I put on this uniform, I go to work, I come home, take a shower, eat, go to sleep, wake up, put on the same uniform. Like, yeah. not the exact same uniform, but like a clean one, you know. But it's like, so there's like stuff on both sides of the fence. Seems like a big deviation is in the military you're working as conglomerates to one whole one whole mission you're pushing towards something as one yeah and when you're out you have to learn how to build yourself and only yourself and market yourself that's true i would i would have to agree with that but on the navy side of things um i don't know again like i'm not super familiar with the other branches i know a little bit about how the marine corps advancement works but on the navy side of things you actually do that every six months you have to do like this um you get an evaluation done and you get scored. You actually get like a number score and that dictates whether or not you're able to advance to the next rank. So yeah. it's like everyone has to take a test every six months and everyone has to do this eval every six months. And uh, based off of the scores of those two things is whether or not you get a pickup rank and sometimes whether or not you get to stay in. Yeah. Um, so like you... In that sense, they try to teach you how to market yourself, but it's different. Like, you know, um, out here in the civilian world, and Denver pr will probably agree with me on this, and he's probably seen a lot of bullshit like this happen since he's stayed in longer, but uh, you have uh, these guys, we call them EP sailors. Like, I forget what EP stands for, but it's like they're the cream of the crop, basically. They're like the the most shit hot, best of the best, and they do nothing for their actual job. All of their time is spent in, like, PR and PR for the Navy and doing, like, volunteer work. Okay. And it's like, if you worked at a job out here, and it's like, well, what do you do for your, your job? I volunteer at the homeless shelter. That's all you do? Mm. Yeah, that's all I do. Like, I've got... I've got 2,000 hours of volunteer time at the homeless shelter. Yeah, but, like, what's your job? Do you think, you know? Here's a hypothetical for you. If the Navy approached you and was like, when you're done with the schooling and everything, and they're like, we'll commission you as an officer if you come back and you be PR and you, like, run a podcast. And you talk about Navy stuff and all that. Do you think you would do it? I'd have to get back into that mindset. Yeah. Uh, um. If they commissioned me as an officer, I'd want to start off as an O2. Well, just the ability, like, they the only reason is, like, let's say this gets a lot of following, whatever, and then they were like, 
as a recruiting tool. They ba- you were basically a public recognition person for so, recruiting. So I'm never going to like try to push recruiting on anybody. That's got to be a personal decision. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I did it for my own reasons. I, w- I would probably do it again. Um, would I do it right now? No. Would I do it again when the age I was when I first enlisted? Yes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today without it. But, uh, like, I'm not going to be a mouthpiece for any organization like, you should come work for us. Yeah. I'm not going to do that because I don't know what that person's situation is. Right. There was a guy in my boot camp division that was literally a homeless dude that walked into a recruiting station and signed up. Like. That makes sense. I'd pro- that's, that's a good. If I was homeless, I'd probably do that. I'd probably do that. It, it's a good move. Yeah. I mean, like... That's a good... That's a good... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. He's probably still in. I mean, he was kind of, like, autistic, but, uh, like, he knew how to play the game. He yeah. knew He knew what was expected of him. Um, he's probably still in. I don't know if he is or isn't, but, like, you know, and because he was so used to living on the streets and scraping by money. He wasn't homeless because of a drug problem or alcoholism or anything. He just fell on his face, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck it, I'm joining the, the Navy. Um, I'm not sure how much it was, but from boot camp all the way through our first duty rotation, yeah, guy never went out, never ate out, only ate at the chow hall for free. Like saved every fucking penny that he was handed. Yeah. Smart move. Um really smart move. Didn't get that Mustang across the street. Yeah. Yeah, so like I I I don't know where this guy is. Um but I'm sure by the time I had been in for 5 years, uh he probably had close to $150,000 accumulated. Yeah. Yep. It's life-changing. Yeah life-changing especially coming from homeless and that's a lot of the times what people need like just a little bit of structure yeah and to build up and that's where the military is incredibly beneficial is um learning to follow through on things right learning how to basically like push yourself through shit you don't want to do um and that that creates a strong foundation for the rest of your life so i um and a lot of the things I try to play devil's advocate for what Denver's saying, but I, I see incredible value in the military. No, yeah. In the sense of, of building up character, because you don't see it a lot anymore. And then he goes on to say, when you have been entrusted to lead people, it isn't about you ever. Not, not how tired you are, how inconvenient it is. It's about supporting, training, and mentoring those in your charge, and I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. But everyone's different, and, like, the military, like, it, it works because it falls in this one category, and people understand, like, when you join, that's the way it is. Yep. But if you can create personalized mentorship and teaching programs for people, it might be a little more, like, it might work a little better. This this is the standard. Anything less is subpar and unacceptable. I forget the episode, but there was a conversation. I don't know what IRT means. Do you know what that means? Mm-mm. Uh, 
I do not know what IRT means. Indiana Respiratory Theater. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think that's it. Uh, no. Uh, infrared telescope. Uh, let's see. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I think it means in real time, personally. Okay. I forget the episode, but there was a conversation in real time about open borders and the U.S. as a nation and patriotism in the U.S. This kind of ties into statement number two. If we value the ideals of the nation, we then in turn need to have measures to preserve and preserve that construct and sorry Denver I think you kind of lost me here if we have if we value the ideals of the nation we then in turn need to have measures to preserve that construct comma and treat our nations and other nations in kind if the world's encompassing nations borders are all open then sure but until then the great and amazing governmental experiment that is america needs to be preserved and i would agree with that yeah there's a lot of people i i'm surprised how many people are against nationalism and i'm not talking about fucking uh what's it called uh when people say nationalism they immediately think uh nazis yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. That's <laughs> coffee. It's the only thing in there. Um. But it's it's funny to me because the idea of nationalism for me is like me as an individual. Okay, if I'm doing shitty, like if I'm doing shitty, if if my life is shitty, how can I help anybody? Right. That's my idea. So, the idea of nationalism to me is that get your ship in order to the best of your ability so that you can help other people get their ship in order to the best of their abilities. Yeah. Because if you don't take care, it, there's a little bit of narcissism that comes with truly helping people. You think Bill Gates could help nearly as many people uh, that he does today. If he wouldn't have been narcissistic and started his own company and like built his own thing that I view the same thing. Like this whole idea of, straight uh globalism one one open like it sounds great no passport you can just go anywhere sounds great on paper but what happens to consolidated power in any sense like there needs to be that's why we have states that's that's why it conglomerates into the states created the federal government not the other way around and um, it's true this idea that there just should be one government and it should just be open for all. Um, now, it, could we make it easier to go to other countries? Yes, but there needs to be a significant cleaning up in the world right now. From what I understand, we're actually almost closing negotiations with Al-Qaeda. Yes. So that's good. Well, the Taliban. Right. Al-Qaeda is different. I, it's, it's a weird thing, but they are different. Right. They were the freedom fighters from when Russia invaded. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Nonetheless, the world needs to be cleaned up a little bit. We all need to get on the same page as far as... And there's, there's too many egos. The ego is the biggest problem. And that's, that's why I believe, personally, military should be a requirement to serve as like a, a president or something like that. Because then your ego is in check to some extent. 
you get egotistic leaders and it's just a, a shit show. Right. I think it should be this way. Well, I think it should be this way. Okay, well, we're going to do this until you see it our way. Like, it's not the way to do it. There needs to be calm discussion, compromise, and action. Right. And I don't even know if that's what he was alluding to, but that's where, that's where I took it. So I don't know. I'm just moving right along because he put so much information in that first fucking email. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll look at these PDFs later. But Denver sent us another email with uh, basically uh, Navy, like the Secretary of the Navy's instructions on certain awards in higher tenure. But uh, it says, see attached documentation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Navy Achievement Medals are awarded for, in layman's terms, professional achievement. Navy Commendation Medals, in layman's terms, are meritorious achievement or service. All professional awards are, are have required criteria and verbiage that goes into the citation. So based off the actions taken the awarded recommendation the award recommendation is made off of one the the criteria and two scope of involvement and impact of actions for example if you show some level of professional achievement in your duties as x with x amount of impact over x population starts to determine certain awards criteria oh and yes words have me meaning so the difference between nam and com is very significant and i i i knew that there was like a difference between the two i just didn't know like the nuances of it uh when i was in it didn't like i didn't really care enough to know um which is on me but again like i knew i wasn't going to make a career out of this denver is been in for going on 11 years and Mm -hmm. He's made a career out of this, so he has some skin in the game for, like, knowing this stuff. Yeah. And he said that award Goggins has that was never identified was the Meritorious Service Medal. Okay. I don't know what that's for. We can pull that up in a second. And he said he's got 24 years until he gets forced out in retirement for higher tenure. Uh he has attached the chart for your SA, which I can only assume is sorry asses. Okay. Because that sounds like him. Uh, okay. But, yeah. So we got two, two emails, both from the same guy. So, like, now you guys know. We'll read your fucking emails. So fucking email us. Um, that took 40 minutes. Sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. Um, yeah, what else? What else do we got going on? Um, fuck. Like, I know a lot of our stuff winds up being serious, but again, like, the whole comedy thing, it's all about, like, we don't know how drunk we're going to get, so we want to be able to... Yeah, and, you know, the more I think about it, I don't know that there's another appropriate um, forum to... Co- to well, category we can categorize ourselves. Even though comedy is really saturated right now, especially with all the explosion of podcasts, comedy is very competitive. Yeah. But 
at the same time, it does give us the ability to be like, hey, it's a comedy podcast, you know, freaking. We're not serious. Untwist your clit a little bit. Like, don't get too upset. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just, it's all about fun. I mean, it's not like, I'm not, I'm not representing a world stage for NATO. I'm talking into a microphone in a bedroom. Yeah. So, calm your tits. Everything's all good. We're just talking and, and, uh, you know, you make quir- we make quirky comments or ideas or like little jokes. Right. Um, you know, I hope you get offended by them. I really <laughs> like deep within my core. I hope you get offended because then that makes me feel good. And uh, I don't care if you get offended or not. Like, I just don't. Um, yeah, no, I Caden apparently gives a shit. Oh, I love if people get offended. If you get offended, I'm not hurt by it at all. Um, I literally, it's like, it's like eating something savory for me. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the more I can offend people, the better for me. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't, I don't care one way or the other. Um, like, uh, like, to be honest, there was this black guy walking down the street, and I flipped him off for no reason. Really? No, I didn't really do that, but I'm well, sure that offended someone out there. <laughs> well, for me, when I was working in the jail the other day, and I was talking about, like, the situation where I was basically trying to hold on to my GI Bill so I could use it to, like, get a graduate degree, mm-hmm. and that's why I went to the school I went to because my dad works there and I was able to get like the first year for free and blah, blah, blah. Um, the nurse that was standing next to me, we were passing meds in one of the pods in jail. And she's like, how does that white privilege feel? And I said, it feels pretty good. And then I looked up and there was like a black inmate standing right in front of us. Yeah. (laughs) So great. That's great. (laughs) And again, one of those, "Mm," the more you can offend someone, and the better. And he just had this look on my on his face that like if that guard wasn't there right now I would beat your ass. Yeah. And I Dude, you know what's so cool about that? And we talked about this a little bit last night is you can say shit like that. And since we live in this country, like you can say whatever the fuck you want. You could go murder somebody, spend 20 years in prison, get out, start your own company and become a millionaire. True. Where else in the where else could you do that? Right. That's right. pretty fucking special. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. That's it. Well, I mean, murdering someone's not very cool. But the fact that you like can turn your life around. Right. Like you can you can say whatever you want in this country, and to some extent, it will never affect you, so long as you're willing to do. Like maybe you can't get employed by somebody, but anyone can start a little company. Yeah. Yeah. You can. You can always be the next Jeff Bezos or Elon or even Musk, like, or you make fifty grand a year, or I mean, just for the sake of it. Even one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year is ten ten grand a month. That's twenty five hundred dollars a week. That's like you you start splitting it up. It's like okay, how much money do I have to make a day? Oh, I have this little product. I could probably sell this, and then you start making a little money. And it's like there's nowhere else in the world like this place. Uh, there's places that are similar, but not quite as magical as like the the Bill of Rights. Just that document in in by itself is so different than anywhere else. I can say we live in a country like how awesome is it? You can live in a country that you can bash the president and nothing happens. 
It's true. That's your right to do that. If it were up to Trump, though, he would have it differently. I disagree with that. Really? I disagree with that. Dude, people rag on him all the time, and he gets all bent out of shape over it. Yeah, but it's it's. I mean, all the news comes from like five networks, so I don't pay I don't pay attention to any of that shit. What I watch is the White House, the White okay, House okay. correspondents. You're you're saying you don't pay attention to any of that shit. You and I had a conversation like this last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about the guy that used to own Papa John's Papa John himself right and you're like oh he was framed for doing as doing this to like lose control of the company and yeah. blah 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 and it's like I, I see that as a probability but you're like 100% in that boat in that camp right of thinking he didn't do it yeah from the evidence he painted yes I but again that's his story right but the other side hasn't given evidence. True. But, again, you can't just take that. Like, you, you have to accept the fact that people fucking lie. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, like he or, – or tell partial truths yep. even, which is a lie. But, I mean, like, they, like, have the truth sprinkled in with, like, a little bit of candy goodness to make it seem not as bad. Yep. You know, like – Oh, yeah, I said that, but it was like I was giving an example of why I dislike that word. It's like, yep. you know, blah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, I don't know. Like for me, like I, like I told you last night, there's always t- three sides. There's one side, one person's side, the other person's side, and then there's what actually happened. Right. And in order to be like completely objective – I can't prove that he did it. I can't prove that he didn't do it or what the situation is, but I'm not going to take him at his word. I, I, I've i had am. enough people lie straight to my face that I'm not going to take him at his word. For sure, but I, all I'm saying is that he's saying he doesn't didn't do it. They're saying he did do it. He presented evidence that he did not do it. The other side proved evidence that they're not doing it. I'm not just saying definitively he's right. But now I'm swinging towards his side because the other side can't prove anything. So for me, I give people the ben- I do give people the benefit of the doubt until they lie to me the first time. Then it's uh, and a reputation can be built pretty easily off of that. But I think um, f- for me, I I don't buy into the idea of I don't believe anybody until you prove it to me. I believe in the idea of I believe you until you give me a reason not to. Because I see, uh, and I wouldn't even say that I'm saying like, oh, I don't believe you until you prove it to me. I'm just saying like, I don't have a belief one way or the other until hard line evidence is presented. Yeah. Does that make sense? For sure. It makes sense. Um, I think your opinions can evolve too, though, because it's really easy for us to like jump on a bandwagon as humans and be like, well, I believe this. I believe that. Um, and yeah, maybe it becomes like every, it is strange that we have a society where everyone needs to weigh in on everything. It's like Joe living down the street posts on Twitter. Like, Oh, I think, I think this about whatever officials like great Joe, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Get back to mowing your lawn. Like I talk to Paul all the time. My next door neighbor. Uh huh. There's a lot of stuff I don't agree with Paul on, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to like 
social programs and stuff. Like, Paul loves the fact that I've been working at the jail, and I tell him these stories, and he's like, Paul's like, fuck those people. Yeah. And to a certain extent, I'm kind of the same way, but I also see, like, areas for improvement and change where Paul's just like, they fucked up. That's their problem. Yeah, it's very East Coast mentality. Yeah, and and I don't agree with him, but guess what? I don't care that he doesn't think the same way as me. Yeah. I don't. I'm not out to try to change his mind. Right, yeah, there's no reason to. And it's funny because I think everyone and their dog has an opinion on politics, but how many people actually go to Uzi, his, uh, you're a dog. What's your opinion? Huh, Uzi? What's your opinion? He doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. He's you said keeping, everyone and their dog. He writes it down in his journal, and he won't <laughs> let me read that. Yeah? Okay. Um, <laughs> everyone has an opinion about politics. No one goes down to town hall meetings. No one goes to city hall meetings. It's true. I've volunteered on uh, uh, for campaigns. I've, I worked on Mitt Romney's campaign, and that's one of the only regrets I have in my entire life is that I worked for that pompous piece of shit. What did you learn from it? Um, I learned that he was willing to pay a large sum of money in order to have us call people and tell them not to vote for Obama. What did you learn personally about yourself from that experience? Um, you learned something. Um, oh, man. I Use your words. I don't know that I did learn anything. Sit down and think about it because... It's like me with with the military, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. after about three to four years, I was like, I fucking hate my life. I regret doing this. Yeah. I look back on it now. I don't regret doing it. Would I do it again? Yes. Would I do it for as long? No. I worked on his campaign for three months. So, but I learned stuff about myself during that time that has made me into who I am today. Therefore, I don't regret it. Yeah. So, like, my whole philosophy is, like, no regrets. Not this not, not like that show where the guy's got no regrets yeah. uh, tattooed on his chest. But, like, literally, like, I don't want regrets in my life. And there's er- everything's a teaching moment. Did I do something I didn't like? Yes. But what did I fucking learn from that? How did it better me as an individual? I definitely learned more about politics in the sense of, like, how voter turnout works. Because the idea was... Mitt Romney had made friends with this billionaire in Idaho. Um, I think his name's Vandersloot. He owns a company called Malaluka. He's a billionaire. I've heard of him. And uh, anyway, so he uh, he paid people way above wages in Idaho. So like, if you're making seven twenty-five, you're making thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour to call people. And what they would do is they would say, okay, we need to give as many conservative votes as possible. So we would call areas that typically didn't have high voter turnout within conservative states and say, hey, you need to go out and vote. So basically, Romney, through his connections, influenced Vandersloot to pay these people in order to call and get them to vote. It wasn't about spreading some better message of like what to do with America. It was just a pure numbers game of we need to get more of these people to vote because they're in that area and they'll vote conservative. Romney is – dude, I'll, that's half of politics. It's man. true. It's 100% true. But I want to say this in particular. Mitt Romney is a piece of flying dog shit that should die. He's the biggest floppity flip cock-sucking politician that has ever existed. I don't want him in Utah. I don't stand for his fucking uh, 
bullshit idea of like blaming his faith on the reason why he votes certain things. Get the fuck out of here, Romney. Go back to Mexico because he lives there seven months out of the fucking year. Really? Yeah. And then he comes here and he thinks he can buy influence. Which he can. Which he can, which is bullshit. Get the fuck out of our state. No one wants him here. He's a piece of shit. He's, he claims he's a Republican. He votes against... He's, he was the only senator, right, to vote against the president, and that's his choice. But he flippity-flops depending on what his demographic is. When he was governor of Massachusetts, he was against abortion. He comes here... or I, I mean, he was for abortion there. He comes here, he's against it. And then he says... The only reason he said that back then was to get liberal votes. Get the fuck out of here, Romney. Go suck a cock somewhere else. Well, that's 90%, over 90% of politicians, Mm. man. Mm -hmm. They're going to say what gets them into office. They're going to say whatever they need to say to get them into office. Right, which, I mean, even Bloomberg running now also I think is kind of disgraceful. He spent almost $400 million dollars. And he's like, he's literally buying, this is the first time in American history someone's done that, ever. He spent 10 times more than Bernie Sanders has. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is the thing I like about that is he's not taking that from anybody. It's his own money. Right, but he's also being influenced by big banks. Like, where does he get his money from? Where does he invest his money? I don't know. To get that, to get that rich, you have to take on debt. And the only way to take on debt is dealing with big banks and Wall Street. He is the champion of the establishment. If people want things to stay exactly the way they are now, he's probably a good option. That's why a lot of Wall Street is is backing him. That's why the Clintons are going to back him. Um, He's very establishment. But the, the idea that you can just dump money in, like if you watch Hulu, I guarantee the only ads you're getting are probably Bloomberg. No, that's not true because really? I watch Hulu on a daily. Okay. But I do see at least one Bloomberg ad per episode of whatever. Right. Yeah, I know he's spending – he's only spent $400 million now. He's prepared to spend over $2 billion of his personal money. And uh, that's crazy, man. That's crazy that you can just buy power like that. If you were a billionaire, you could become governor of Utah like that. Like easy. Easy peasy. We need a we. I think we need to rework the way that our elections work, especially in this day and age. Like there needs to be something. We have all this technology that can be implemented, and the government's so fucking dumb about technology that uh, they just yeah, implement. Yeah, I mean, it. like there's been people that have shown that they can hack the voting machines within a matter of minutes. Yeah, but then there's bias to it too. It's like. It's there's no way to eliminate the bias. There's no way. It's just a bullshit system. The idea that there's one man that we think that can control everything and fix everything is so hysterical to me. We think that one person, America as a country, is stronger than one person. Period. There's not one person on this planet that could destroy this country by himself or by herself. It just right. can't happen. This country's too strong. Um. God bless America. It's comical, like, and it's crazy. We've only been around 250 years. Um, I just know we're close to a point where something's going to happen, and I feel like the rest of the country's asleep. Boogaloo 2020. 
I don't think it's a Boogaloo 2020, but I think it's going to be a big red pill. I was thinking about this last week. What if actually like on our cell phones, like on that TV show, it showed up and said like missiles, like missiles have been fired. We're under attack. You know what I'm doing? It, it doesn't matter. First of all, Salt Lake's a small target. Yeah. They're not aiming a missile at Salt Lake. Second of all, if there was a chance that I would be eliminated by said missile, um, chances are I can't get out of the area before it hits. Yeah. I'm going over to my bar in the dining room. And I'm just doing shot, 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 yeah, shot. Yeah. You know, just fucking con- until until it happens. But you're not taking into account certain things. One, how does your family react to that? Where do you have Where do you have to position yourself to be the man and comfort the people around you that are freaking the fuck out? Like all of a sudden, life changes for everybody at that point. Um. I'm just saying everyone's asleep right now, and there's going to be... I'm not saying it's, it may happen. There's going to be a wake-up, whether it's war, whether it's a financial crash, whatever it is. There's so, going to be a red pill. So I can talk to Liz and drink at the same time. Totally yeah. attainable. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, what about like a financial crash? Imagine, like, just for the sake of it, 80% of Americans just lose their jobs all at the same time. I mean, that would suck. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I'd react to that, but, it, I mean, I I think I'd handle it okay. I think I'd, I'd be able to handle it. Because with <laughs> with me and, and Liz, uh-huh. uh, the, the field I'm going into is required. Yeah. Like, my job is needed. Right. I'm going to be... It's it's gonna be a cold day in hell before I find myself without a job again. Right. Um, Liz's company is subcontracted through the state of Utah by DCFS to manage cases. Mm-hmm. Okay, the economy collapses. Eighty percent of Americans lose their job. You're getting a phone call. Ah. Uh, I sure am. But let me go ahead and deny that. Uh, Liz is paid through a state contract. The government itself probably won't collapse. Yeah. So she probably still has a job, even if she has to take a cut and pay. Right. She probably still has a job. See, and here's the thing. I'm also in a government job. We're paid 100% of my money comes from the government. We don't that's s- how Liz is. We don't sell any, any money, right? But here's the thing. The government's not protected from the Fed. If the Fed raises the rates, the government could go bankrupt. That's where it becomes scary. And that's where we're approaching is the Fed keeps printing more fucking money so that we avoid a collapse. I've got 3,000 rounds in the garage for my, my Tavor. I've got another 500 for my 9 mil, 200 for my 40, about 150 for my shotgun. Boogaloo, cowabunga. Yeah, see, I would probably uh, just leave the country. Because it's going to happen eventually. Cowabunga, dude. You're talking about something that would affect the entire planet, though. Yes. This next... Like, re- like so what would doing leaving the country accomplish for I would you? Go to, I would go somewhere with a low standard of living like Thailand. 
because there it's not going to be as, as drastic. But this next crash that happens will be a global recession, if not a global depression. Because they have siphoned all the money out of everywhere and put it into very few hands. Like I said, my stance is if it's me eating or you eating, mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking eat. Yeah. And there's more and more people out there that aren't willing to go that distance. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You talk to my father-in-law. The reason they moved to Salt Lake is because when they moved here, it had a really low crime rate. Mm-hmm. And um, there there was a situation where my mother-in-law had a stalker, and she came home from the gym one day and was, like, getting ready to take a shower and noticed, like, some stuff out of place in the house and then looked in into their bedroom closet and saw, like, a pair of shoes and some pants hiding behind the clothes Yeah, in there, and she left. And he moved here because he was like, I'm either going to have to legit fight somebody mm-hmm. and kill them or I have to move, and he chose to move. I would fucking kill the person. Me too, especially if you know they're in their house. Like, but th- that's my mentality. There's more and more people out here, out there like him every single day. Yeah. I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. Unless the asteroid, missile, whatever falls directly on top of me, I'm going to make it. I think that's, I think that's easy to say on, in thought, but I mean, especially you run into... If I run into another person like me, I don't know. No, you run into a mother who has an infant who's trying to provide for their child. Or, like, there's so many variabilities. I, I, okay, so you're talking about the human aspect? Yeah. That has to go out the window. See, and Like, I'm talking, like, when you're in a pure game of survival, yeah. the human factor goes out the window. And I think that's easier said than done, though. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah, because we've lived our whole lives. But the thing is, is you haven't been in that situation. I haven't been in that situation. Right. I Nobody has. Been, I haven't been directly in that situation, but, you know, when I was at the point in my life where I was like, I might have to kill this motherfucker, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. The, like, yeah, did but he have a wife and kids and stuff? Probably. And that's fine, but you felt like you were in danger. If you broke into somebody's house and there's a mother with a small amount of food to feed their child and you're willing to kill her and her infant to take food, that's what you're saying? If that's what it came down to ultimately, yeah. See, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Because, I mean, like, and it's not me going out of my way to be an asshole like that. Mm-hmm. It's It's just a matter of... Like, you look at stuff like uh, World War Z, The mm-hmm. Walking Dead, you know. Resources are resources. Yeah. And you got to take care of your clan. If mm-hmm. they're in your clan, they're more important than the other clan. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's where people can learn a lot from these um, uh, popular TV shows and shit, like The Walking Dead specifically, is like, you know, Rick wakes up in the middle of this fucking crisis and he has this high moral standard mm-hmm. and it fucks them over time and time and time again until he like fucking like the the switch the like finally flips on. And he's yeah. like, this is a different world. This is how we have to be now. Yeah. 
and and I'm 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 not saying like oh there's a problem for about a year and we're all struggling to get by. I'm talking about like major no bullshit. We're on the brink of extinction and it's between me eating and you and your kid eating. Yeah. I'm going to eat. So Okay. I guess I can re- I can respect that perspective. I think for me it's like at that point I would just probably kill myself. I I okay, so I've thought about that a lot. Like more than I'd be willing to admit, but I've thought about suicide a lot and it's like there's a few times where I'm like, you know, like I know how I would do it. Mm-hmm. But bringing myself to the point of doing it is completely different. Yeah. I don't know. I just have this weird fight in me. Like if I had to do it, I know how I would do it without question. It'd be super effective. It'd be painful, but it'd be fucking quick. And, um, so, so I've, I've thought about that, but like, I don't know. My, it, it's just my own drive. Like I see it in myself because mm. there's been plenty of times in my life where I've been at a point where if I could commit suicide, like if that drive wasn't in me at all, I would have done it. Yeah. But I don't have that. Like, I just don't have, like, that side of the rail. You know, I don't have, like, I, I don't know. It, when it comes down to it, like, I have this will to push forward. Yeah. And that's, like, the most primal thing in me. It's really bizarre. But, like, honestly, if it, it from a primal level, if it came down to me or another person, I may not wind up on top, but I'm going to try to make sure it's me. Yeah. You know? So, and and it's just a primal thing. I can't describe it because I've thought about it a lot. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, I can't wait for this to happen so I can kill people. Mm-hmm. It's just like I've really thought about it, and it's just a primal instinct. My fallout, like, my fallout stat would definitely be charisma. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Yeah. But persuasion and charisma. Those are, the, those are what I've been. If they gave me points and were like, you're in the nuclear fallout now. Where do you allocate charisma and perception? 100%. For me, it'd be perception and agility. Okay. I can respect that. I, I just, I know how much it saved my ass, at least in Fallout 3, charisma. I can persuade people, like, go do this for me and I'll give you this. And then Because just, life's a video game. Exactly. It truly is a statistical... It, I mean, who knows? Elon Musk seems to think that we could be in a simulation, right? If you go run, you level up your running stats. All of a sudden, you become better at running. What's different between real life and a video game? The choices that we make have rippling effects. So if I choose to do math, I just become better at doing math. No, you would degrade. I mean, obviously, it would give you perks. Just like in Fallout, you can take drugs and it gives you a, a benefit, but then it's like, oh, you're addicted, and now your health is like permanently 50% or whatever. <laughs> it's shit like that. Who knows? We could be in a program. 
We could be in a simulation. No one knows. Even if we are, though, like, I don't care. We could be in Sims right now, the expansion podcast expansion pack. We could be. Um, but I don't care. Like, I really don't. Yeah. I personally don't give a shit. Because if I am, I'm not aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm not aware of it at all. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's playing a video game with me as the main character, they've got a pretty boring fucking life. Dude. Why? Why so, why so self-degrading? Because um, all I do is homework and go to school, man. Like, Yeah, but that's the evolution of life. Like, you choose to do those things in order to live something maybe, else. Maybe they're, like, maybe it's a mini game right now where they're training up my stats. I don't know. And it doesn't mean that much to them. It's maybe like you're grinding. Seconds. It's like World of Warcraft grinding. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. You're grinding to get that sword. I think you should get back into World of Warcraft. You think when, so? Once you get done, maybe when school gets done or whatever. But, like, if you get on Classic and we could do some raids and all that. Dude, I don't know, man. That sucked up so much of my life back in the day. You're going to have time here pretty soon. Like, a lot of my life. Yeah. Like, it sucked up a ton of my fucking time. Yeah, but so does everything else. That's Everyone gives me shit for playing so much video games, but I don't watch TV or watch movies. So, for me, like, honestly, the thing I'm looking forward to the most, getting out of school, is getting back into the climbing community. Yeah. And being heavily involved in that. Um, I don't want to spend four to six to eight hours a day at my house playing World of Warcraft, which is what I used to do before I joined the military. And I, I like, I mean, I know I call myself a fat fuck now, but at least I'm aware of it. Back then, I wasn't fucking aware of it. Mm. You know? Okay. Does that make sense? Like, I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't aware that I was, like, being so detrimental to my own health just to sit there and play, like, fucking World of Warcraft. I wish I could still be that way, dude. Really? I wish I could be unaware of, like, I look at most people and I'm like, God, I wish I could be unaware to the point where I could just enjoy my life and live a happy life and die. Regardless of the age. Regardless of the age, regardless of what I was doing. But unfortunately, there's some sort of drive within me to achieve more and more and more. I, uh, I think that just comes from being self-aware. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once you become, like, more self-aware and the fact that you have, like, interactions with all these other people, you're like, oh, I need to, I kind of need to make sure these interactions are worthwhile. Yeah. You know? Um, I would give up my self-awareness in a heartbeat. To play video games all day? Not to play video games all day, but to just enjoy everything simple. To be that guy where it's like, Like simple jack off of. Tropic Thunder. Well, it's like if somebody came up to your door, knock, 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 hey, let's go to Vegas, and you don't even think about it. You're like, that sounds fun right now. Let's go. Sounds pretty enjoyable, but my mind does not work that way. You know where my mind goes if somebody did that? Where? Who are you? Why are you offering it's Simon. Me? Simon? Simon comes up. Let's go to Vegas right now. How long are we going to be there? I don't know. Let's take a risk. Let's go. Without a job... Or school obligations, I'd probably do it. Yeah. But, again, like, yeah, I mean, like, because it's Simon. I've known Simon for fucking ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but if it's some random person, I'm like, okay, which ditch are you going to bury me in? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's someone you know. I just, I'm more of a planner. It's like, or if somebody was like, hey, next week we're going to Thailand. Do you want to go? I'm uh, 99.9999% I'm going to say no because I like to have it planned. I, I'm a big planner. So so my my thing with that comes down to expense mostly. Mm. Like I, I like the idea of being spontaneous, but um, for someone to in my life to be like, hey, I'm going to Thailand next weekend. Do you want to come with me? I don't have that kind of cash. Right. But isn't it crazy there are people that are still like, well, I have the exact amount of money in my bank account that I need to do that. Therefore, I'm going to spend money now and I'll worry about it later. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I simply like, even if I had the exact amount of money to do it, yeah, I don't have right. that. Like, or people that take out credit cards to do that kind of shit. Good on them. Dude. I know, but I'm just saying, are they happier in the sense that they're not thinking about it constantly and spending the, the energy on stress? I don't know, because, like, I, I view that as it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. And again, sorry, Denver. This isn't comedy right now. I'm so sorry. Go fuck yourself. Um, but, uh, you know, it depends on where you're at in life. Yeah. 25-year-old me would have been like, fucking game on, dude. I'll worry about it later. Yeah. Now the fact that I'm thinking about having kids... Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I'm thinking about, like, what does my decision now and how does my decision now impact my children that I don't even have yet? Yeah, that's how I'm thinking now. I feel like that's how I feel, too, now. I feel like I'm thinking about grandkids, dude. I'm thinking about, like, my family not wanting to pay for things. Like, I think this is what I think of now. My kid, I'll tell you right now, my kids will never in their fucking lives have to count change to pay for gas. I had to do that. I had to do that too. My kids will never do that. I'm hoping mine won't. I'm not even hoping. I'm making a pledge that will never happen. I'm going to do whatever I can within my ability. Just like you said, if it's somebody eating versus me eating, I have the same mentality in the sense that my kids will never experience that because the only thing that added to my life was anxiety the fear of not being able to make it my kids will not experience that so so for me i i don't view it that way i look back at that and i just view my mom as mostly cruel um because she used to threaten my brother and i all the time with like oh if you don't do this i'm canceling the lease on the apartment and we'll have nowhere to go and uh, my, but my mom's got a mental illness. Uh, but your kids will never experience that. No, they won't. But the, the um, I actually had a dream about this last night. It's fucking weird. Mm. I'm sitting there at a store, and this this guy is there with his daughter, and she goes like she has I I forget what it even was, but she's like I have this thing, and she wanted to buy it. And she has her allowance, and uh. And so I'm, like, standing there behind him in line, and she's, like, counting out her allowance, and she's got a few bits of change here and there. And she comes up, like, 75 cents short. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, and she's like, I don't understand. The, t the sticker says this, 
much, but the lady's telling me it costs this much. And the dad's like, well, that's taxes for you, and gets ready to just, like, drag her out the door. Yeah. And I'm like, that's taxes, but fuck, dude, I've got 75 cents. Let me run out to my car really quick for right. you. You know, and like, because that happened to either Denver or myself. I can't remember. It was so long ago. My mom took us to Walmart with our allowance and was like, buy whatever you want. And I can't remember what I bought or what Denver bought. But I remember one of us, like, was like, okay, I have $15. Yeah. And, like, did the math going along through the toy aisle and was like, this costs $15. And we got to the front. I mean, I'm almost like, oh, well. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Taxes. Yeah. Taxes. I mean, there are some lessons. Like, <laughs> this one's really good. Crystalia's dad. Crystalia's dad is a famous director. They had lots of money growing up. And Crystalia's mom walks into the room with baby Chris in the crib. And his dad is outside of the crib holding a toy just out of reach. And his mom comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I'm teaching him how real life is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of parent I want to be. I want to have the money. I want to have make sure there's no worries whatsoever. But at the same time... You need to teach them. There needs to be struggle within the kid's life that's controlled struggle. Yes. That's, a huge, that's a huge belief for me. So, like, I'm not going to be the parent that gives $1,000 allowances or whatever. I'm going to be the parent that has all the money, but also likes to teach these type of lessons because that's lacking nowadays. If you give your kid whatever they want, they grow up to be a spoiled bitch brat and they never learn anything. So that's, that's my firm stance on it. I will not change my mind on that. There needs to be some sort of struggle, but it doesn't need to be misery. It doesn't need to be struggle that results in misery. And, uh, like, I just remember having conversations with my parents where it's like, well, I wish we could help you out, but we weren't responsible when we should have been. Therefore, you're going to pay the price. But we wish we would have done things different. That's not the case for me. That is not the case for me. I'm going to make sure that I don't do things that are going to result in that kind of uh, situation. And uh, therefore, I never have to run into that situation. Counting change as a child to pay for gas is... It, it it's a powerful lesson. It's an extremely powerful lesson because the sense of diminishing, like you just feel like a bottom feeder at that point. I just remember like counting pennies and nickels and dimes and like, okay, we have enough for like one gallon of gas. And then like, no, that's, that's unnecessary suffering. That's pointless suffering. And that's something that's preventable. I could get my brother on here, and we could share almost identical stories about that. It's an, it's but again, it's not comedy, so I don't know if Denver would want to talk about that on a pod comedy podcast. I don't know. I don't know either. Joe Rogan's podcast is a comedy podcast. He talks about serious shit all the time. But that's Joe Rogan. That's not you and me, Caden. Who cares? He's a fucking middle-aged bald dude. What's the difference? I'm going on middle age. I might be balding. I don't know. I don't view Joe Rogan as any different from you or I, except he has more experience in life and he shaves his head. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it. Like he, he takes initiative. 
He does things. He, he's he's got decades on us, so I'm not worried about it. I've met people that are like, they. I've been introduced to CEOs and executives where I'm supposed to be all hail Lord CEO, where I'm like, hey, who's this fuck? Like I don't give a shit, dude. That, I view that every- happened to me at. IMC. Exactly. I don't view that shit. I don't view people as higher up or lower than me. People are people. And I think you missed the point that I was trying to make, but whatever. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but Joe Rogan. I said like you were talking about the gas thing and change for gas. And I was like, I could bring Denver on and we could share almost identical stories with you about that. Yeah. But but that's not comedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine though. It's, it's kind of comical because the fact that you have to like count change, what does that equate to? You have to count change as a child. For me, I'm going to use it, my parents as an example. The reason I had to count change as a child to pay for gas is because my parents made poor fucking decisions that were self-centered for them at the time. You think? Yep. Because now if I make decisions and you make decisions based upon your future kin, which your parents probably didn't do, my parents didn't do it. I don't know about my dad. Um, my mom didn't. She would spend money that we didn't have. That's my mom for sure. And it was like, I remember my dad and my mom arguing because she bought $200 worth of shoes. And it's like, where, what do you think? So she you, bought one shoe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, where does this money come from? And not only that, we had to count change because of that decision. I had to listen to my parents argue over that decision. It created a very fractured terrible home environment where my mom was blaming us for the shit that in retrospect, if she wouldn't have bought the shoe, it's her, uh, we may have had the money and could have avoided the fight and probably lived a more sustainable and happy life. So yeah, I do believe that it comes down to personal decision and I'm glad that you think about your future kids because it probably means you won't have to count change for them to buy gas, to take them to school. I live close enough to the school's, their, their happy asses can walk. Yeah. But I think you're in the same frame of mind where it's like you would like to have a separate account for like an emergency fund with $50,000 in it where it's like I'm never wor- – you're never worrying about counting change. Yeah. I, I mean I think everybody wants that. It's you, just a matter of being driven enough to accomplish it. Everybody wants it when it's time to have it. But nobody wants to make the sacrifice up front to be able to get that 10 years down the road. Yeah. And that's sad. My kids will not have that because I'm sacrificing now in order to, and I've had to clean up a shit ton of stuff from the past five years of my life. And it's been hard, but at the same time, I'm okay. Not going out to bars every single, I, I mean, I used to go out three days a week when I lived with like Chris and bef- even before then. Now it's like, I don't care about sacrificing the time because I'll get the time later, but it's time to clean up stuff now. So that I can provide later and live a better life later. And it's not many people are willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I view Alex that way. Alex is definitely like this weird, like he understands what he's doing, but then he doesn't take good advice or even his own advice on it. Just denial. Yeah. Denial. And that's where I'm glad that I'm self-aware because there's a flip side. I said that I didn't want to be self-aware, but being self-aware offers many benefits in the sense that, yeah, you can't live in the moment all of the time. Like you can't just be like, that sounds fun. Let's go do that. Get more drunk. 
just the idea of like that does sound fun but if i choose to do that it will probably lead to this which will set me back that's at the point i am in my life okay i'm able to view it subjectively and be like or i guess objectively and be like that is not a good decision for my mission my goal okay therefore i won't do it i think eating beforehand was a bad idea on my part why just because I'm not, like, feeling the effects very well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling them real good. I mean, <laughs> not even, me. I don't know if I'm kicked out of ketosis. I have no idea. I'm going to get my ketones test, too, on, on the 28th. Yeah? Yeah. Might as well. Might as well. Insurance covers it, so fuck it. Yeah, I still feel like I'm trying to get to where I normally would. Well, you can have right Arnold Palmer and vodka. Based off of your reaction, I think I'll pass. Live the asshole. Taste the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I, I think if it came down to it, I'd just rather do the vodka straight. Really? Yeah. I don't think I have any more soda either. I like definitely I said, don't. I'd rather do the vodka straight. But I you, do may like, you may like it, though. Maybe it's just me. And maybe it's because it's not mixed. I don't know how much you like tea, but I don't know. Denver likes Arnold Palmer's. I've never really been the biggest fan of them. And it's probably because I didn't shake it. If I were to guess, I'm not willing to take that risk, Caden. All right, that's all on you, man. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. That's the first true thing I've heard come out of your mouth in a long time. That's not true. What, that you don't know what the f fuck is going on? No, I say lots of true shit, dude. Which I don't get the respect I deserve. <laughs> no respect. No respect at all. No respect. No respect at all. Yeah, had to repair the foam on the door. Um, hopefully that'll hold now. It should. That stuff held my finger together when I needed stitches. Yeah, I remember doing that. <laughs> so. Mm. Yeah, the next set we're going to have to build. Because I don't know what you plan on doing as far as the Cheap Shot Discussions one. But if it's going to be in the studio that I'm going to build when I'm out of here, we're going to have to make it more versatile because it'll be for more than just Cheap Shot Discussions. <laughs> It'll be for yours too, right? It'll be for mine too, and then Cody and I are talking about doing one as well. Just bring him into this. I could, but th here's the thing. It's like the more podcasts you do with the more people, the more chances you have at like reaching Diversification. De different demographics, right? So we're not entirely sure yet. I told Cody like if we do one, it would be like a once a month ordeal because I don't think I have the... And until I can make an income doing this, I'm not going to commit to doing it every week. I can't do three podcasts a week. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, ours is doing okay, I ours guess. Ours is doing okay, and that's what I want. That's what I want. And I told Cody, like, I'd, I would be willing to do it once a month if you want to do it. Because Cody's a pretty good improv guy. Yeah. Um, like, we'll just kind of just go off the cuff type thing. but You, you know, for me, my improv depends on how upset i am at the time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like yesterday hey uh what's the source i gave you guys to read that out of and i picked up the paper 
just read off the entire URL. See, Cody's like that's what I like about ours is like it's still funny, but it's also grounded in reality. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. My podcast is more just my own free flowing thoughts, and when I and the conversations between me and Cody are just out in the clouds. They they mean nothing. They're fucking dumb, <laughs> but they're funny. But I like doing this one because it actually has some meaning. Like there, I feel there's like a little bit of meat to it. There's a little bit of meat to it, but this is the one Cody and I are looking at doing and again this is an addition how do you pronounce that just be good purse <laughs> <laughs> the idea is just be a good person i did not get that out of that title just be good purse yeah <sighs> you might you might need to change that up a little bit maybe i don't know but it's all fun and games for me that's the thing like i was consistent with uh i mean before you had asked me, like, you were interested in the podcast. I had done Could You Please for, like, I think six months. And then we started this one, and this one's been going longer than that one because I've kind of taken a break from that because I think Could You Please thrives best when I can get in my own, like, private environment and, like, scream and, like, it's kind of like my own personal journal. Yeah, you, you scream in, in my house, there's going to be a problem probably. Yeah, but even then, it's like trying to find when you and Liz aren't home and then, like, actually coming across. It's weird talking. First of all, it's weird talking into a mic by yourself for 45 minutes. It's even weirder when there's other people in the house and can hear you talking to yourself in a room for 45 minutes. So, not that I wouldn't. It's just a matter of more soundproofing, man. It's true, but at the same time, I think taking a break from that one was good um, because, like, 45 minutes. I mean, you think you – I used to do it three times a week. Really? Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Dude, I couldn't keep up with that. And that's what was hard. Is like, and then I digressed down to once a week. And just being able to keep a conversation going by yourself without going, um, yeah, what else do I talk about? It's, it's impossible. So right, right. even in my last episode, I was like, I may take a break. We may do like a season two type thing. Um, <coughs> and that's exactly what I needed. Like one podcast has been plenty for right now. Considering the circumstances that I'm in, the circumstances you're in. And, and again, this has to be taken with a grain of salt, but Shelby was talking about coming on in the next couple weeks. Oh, yeah. I just told her, let it, let, I mean, let us know. Because we're doing it middle of the day on Fridays now. Exactly. Pretty much. Exactly. And I know her boyfriend had a problem with it or whatever, but... He, he should come. See, and I thought about that, too, but... One, we don't have the, the fourth mic, and two, it would be kind of weird and uncomfortable for him to sit in a corner with... He's never met us before. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Dude, like, if that's his problem, let him come here and sit right there on that fucking carpet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cross-legged. Chris Chris, cross. Crisscross applesauce right there on that fucking yeah. carpet, dude. I yeah. don't give a fuck. See, and that's sit a- here and monitor everything so in joe rogan's studio he has a full studio right he has the podcast studio and then outside of that he has a full archery range oh that's cool and then out and then he has like a uh sauna and the isolation tank and then he also has a room that that guests can go in and watch the podcast live so it's got like chairs and a fridge and like snacks that they can watch their friend be in the podcast that's cool yeah that's what I would love to have long term. Like a two-way mirror? Oh, yeah. 
it's not even that. It's like a it's a feed. It's like a big movie theater okay. on a screen. Okay. So if I can get to that point, if we can get to that point where it's like a complex, I, that's I I don't think that would be an issue. Mm-mm. Um, I mean we've shown a lot of growth in the last two weeks, but imagine if that attrition keeps going over the next four years. You you guys are all listening to housekeeping bullshit, and we thank you for it. Um. Kind of, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's cool. But again, like Joe Rogan had a grind. Oh, for sure. For like the first hundreds of episodes. And we're doing that without any expectation of getting anything. Yeah. And uh, like we haven't made one penny from doing this. And we're not actively advertising. Not actively advertising. We're like consistently just like cranking out episodes. And now we're over 40 episodes, which is bonkers. Yeah. Like, I never thought that would happen. Really? I didn't really think, like, when you first start out, <coughs> like, you hit 10, and you're like, oh, this is cool. But then you hit, like, around 52, and you're like, wow, I've been doing this for a year. And, like, nothing's been happening with the stats, but then the past, I don't know, seven episodes, it's, like, a steep increase. And then that's where it's like, oh, maybe it's just the consistency of doing this. I think what, Liz is home now. Yeah, is what gets you where you need to be. Right, right. And that changed my – that was like a kickstart because, like, I was losing hope. I wasn't really losing hope, but I was like, oh, this isn't really going to go anywhere. And then you start seeing the numbers like – What, oh, for ours? Yeah, it's like it stokes the flame again. You're like, oh, this could – For So for me, like, with this, regardless of numbers, this was something for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. So <laughs> – Me too. But it is cool to see the numbers keep going up. I mean, the fact that in the past month they've tripled, like the the amount of listens we've gotten this month versus last month have like tripled. Right, right. And uh, if that attrition continues, like that's that, I don't that, know. that was my dream when I started it. But I was like, I'll just start it for me. I'll start it from that. I'll start podcasting for me. See, I I feel like the best way to approach anything is zero expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, like, it, it's hard not to have a desire. Like, even me with this, like, gel nurse thing, like, I want to work there. Yeah. Am I expecting to work there? No. But it's hard not to want that. Right. And that kind of dips into expectation a little bit, you know? I think it's okay to have expectation, like, if you set out front, like, I, w- I would like to have this life. How do I get that life? Well, maybe I start doing it and have no expectations, but keep doing it. That's the only way to get there. Like, I mean, it's, it's like if you want to be a nurse, you can't just say, like, I want to be a nurse and do nothing. It's like, but if you start doing a class at a time and not thinking about the end result, then it's possible that you'll hit that end result. Yeah. Um, yeah. By just taking small steps. And we've been taking small steps. Sorry this isn't comedy, Denver. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Again, go fuck yourself. Yep. Well, <laughs> I I won't say that. I think Denver's a, a sweetie pie. I think he's the nicest. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, Denver, how does it feel to have Caden suck your dick? Well, I'm not sucking anything. but Sure sounds like it to me. Does it? What does that? What does that sound like exactly? 
Okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. Love you. He's the VID. He's the very important dog. No. That's nope. just just the tip. No. Nope. Just the tip. Mm -mm. I've never Denver, sucked. I've never De sucked a dick. I've never thought about sucking a Denver, dick. Denver, how does it feel? How does it feel? He looks so pissed right now. I'm not now. pissed. <laughs> I'm not pissed. I just, I, I gave another man a compliment and then you called me gay. <laughs> so. You said he was a sweetie pie. That's he is different. A he is That's, a sweetie pie. No, he's not. I know this man. I've known him for 32 years. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's what they all said about Aaron Hernandez too. Well, I, I knew him for I knew him for years, and then then he killed a bunch of people. So, but the thing is, the difference is, is you're calling him a sweetie pie. He could be a sweetie pie in the closet. I'm not. I'm saying I knew him for thir I know him for 32 years. Yeah, he's not a sweetie pie. But what if he came out of the closet and was like, not came out of the closet as in like gay, but he was like, I actually really care for people so deeply that it would hurt if I if if I ex if I saw somebody step on a Lego, I would dream about that for weeks. I would be flabbergasted. Right. Just as Aaron's and Aaron Hernandez family didn't know he murdered people. Because that's the same thing. <laughs> I could see Denver murdering people before I could see him feeling bad about them stepping on a Lego. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really could. Like, I mean, I don't think Denver is a murderer, but... I could see him doing that before feeling bad about someone stepping look, on a leg. Look, I'm not gay, but, you know, I'm sure Denver, you know, how much How much do you think you would charge me to smell his shoes? To smell his shoes? Yeah, how much do you think? <sighs> not gay, I'm not gay. I, I don't think he would charge you anything. Okay. Like, that's yeah, just I a don't know. fucking weird request, yeah, I don't know. man. I don't know. That's a, like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. What? Seriously? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I just, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious. I just wanted to know. Not gay. How I'm much gay. would you charge for something like that? Me? Um, to smell somebody? Uh, to have somebody smell my shoes? Yes. Um, I don't know, 50 bucks. I wouldn't pay that. 50 bucks? People with fetishes, though, if they're like, hey, send, send over some feet pictures for $50. Well, you're getting into a whole different demographic there. Yeah. Um, Take into account. And I thought about this. I thought about that whole OnlyFans thing, right? Yeah. Like the OnlyFans? Yeah. It's actually kind of genius because you're siphoning money from like pathetic humans. <laughs> and if you, no, can get, true. if you can get money that way, then, it, hey, you know, I thought yeah. about the same thing. Selling feet pictures for $50, I'd probably do that. I'd probably do that. I mean, I would. I don't know who would want to fucking look oh, at it. Oh, there's him. people out there. Um, but the thing is, is Denver probably wouldn't even charge him anything. He'd just make fun of them for the fact that they're smelling the shoes, and that'd be enough for him. Yeah? Yeah. That's homophobic. No, I don't think so. Why? Because Denver truly takes joy in, like, degrading other people. What if I took my penis out and tried to give him a hug? He'd probably kick you in the nuts. You think so? Yes. Then that'd be assault. I was just trying to spread the love. 
Dude, you take your penis out and try to hug someone. I'll, I'll change it to this, okay? You hug somebody without their permission, it's battery. Period. Is that is that you, true? Yes. It's physical contact what without permission. What if I ask permission. him if I can have a hug, if I can give him a hug first and he, he consents, and then I whip my dick out? Then that alters the deal. That does alter the deal, but I think that's I think there's still some sort of legal problems. I don't know. I, I mean, like, that's not what he agreed to. He didn't agree agree to a dick hug. He right. agreed to a hug. Right. But what if I give him a hug and there's and I'm and I go pewing in my pants and then I give him a hug? What do you mean? Pewing. Oh, like you get a heart a yeah, stiffy. Yeah, I wrap my hand around his lower back and just pull him in. Say, ah, I love you, man. He'd probably punch you in the fucking face. Really? Yes. Why? Because that's Denver. Ah. All right. No pewing. No pewing. What are you writing down? Dick hug. (laughs) 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 Dick hug. Uh, Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's the the difference in them is it. Denver, I know Denver. I know him well. Him and I have beaten the shit out of each other on a couple of occasions. Yeah. Um, and I think if you gave him a hug and popped a boner, he would push you away and then punch you in the face. Wow. But what if I can't control it? You'd still get a punch to the face. Wow. Why? Wow. Because you didn't warn him beforehand. What am I going to say? I may I may get extremely turned on by hugging your hard body. Yes. So just be prepared. It may be like a red rocket firing off. Yes. That's what I have to tell him? Yep. Okay. But then he probably wouldn't hug me. Then he probably wouldn't. Well. And th- that would be his choice. That but would be now he's making that choice with all of the information. Right. Which and is different fair. than, like, can I give you a hug? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you got the four-inch Punisher coming out to say hello. Four-inch? <laughs> you better you better crank that down a few notches there. Two-inch Punisher? Oof. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, that's the difference, right? <laughs> I think I could, well, it depends how drunk I was, <laughs> but I could give a, a, a man blowjob. No, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't do that. Okay. Nope. I could, but I could hug a man completely naked. Both of it, both of us naked. Now what circumstance will we be to, for that to happen? I don't know. Uh, why I'm talking about this? I don't know, but. I could probably do that without a problem. Yeah, I wouldn't it's not even a big have to be drunk. Yeah? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. But again, like, what circumstance would you be in? Like, I can't think of a circumstance that that would be like, oh, Necessary. hey. Like, you would both be just butt-ass naked and be like, hey, let's hug. You run into each other in the sauna. Oh, dude. Or the steam room. Maybe. Maybe. You're taking a fits. You're sitting there. Your buddy walks in. You haven't seen him in like six, seven months. You're both naked. Yeah. 
It's a long hug. Like three minutes. A nice long embrace in front of everybody in the room. Not even any back pats, just rubs. Just back rubs. So if I ever run into you in a steam room or a sauna, yeah. this is going to happen. Okay. Just because right. I want to make everyone else in there completely uncomfortable. Yeah, and then you have to add the audible like, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Oh. It's been mm. so long. I can't believe it's been wow. this long. Mm. <laughs> you smell good. <laughs> Oh, my God. Is that yes. the smell of the cedar, or is oh. that you? Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so funny. So, So if I ever run into you in a public sauna or, or a steam room, that's yeah. happening. Just for the sake of making everyone else in that area uncomfortable and want to leave. Yeah. Now, here's the question, though. If you were in a sauna in Germany and you ran into one of your friends that was a woman from back in the day, and she was butt-ass naked... Tits out everything. How would you react? I don't know. Let's say your wife was there too with you. That the, that oh, it depends is, on the woman. Okay. An ex. Oh, I wouldn't give a fuck, dude. Yeah. My my ex is dead to me. Yeah. Somebody could call me right now and be like, Ashley Willoughby died. In a horrific car accident. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, cool. And hang up the phone. Oh, it'd be even worse if your aunt walked in. Can you imagine that? That would be weird to me. That would be hard for me just because it's my aunt. But if it's just like some... Someone girl, else's aunt. Some girl I know yeah. from back in the day that's like naked in a sauna or a steam room. Uh-huh. I don't know how I'd act if it was my ex... Like, my true ex, I don't care. Yeah. I'd be like, God damn, you're willing to walk around like that? Yeah. <laughs> I would probably say that. Because I have zero respect for her as a human being. Yeah. That'd be hard. I don't know. That, that, for me, that's not, it. Not Hillary. Hillary's different. Ashley, though, I'd be like, where's your Christian values at now? I would flat out ask her. Yeah? What does Jesus think about this? What if... This is my worst nightmare. I don't know why. And nowadays, it doesn't really concern me. But back in the day, this used to really concern me. If you went and got a massage by an extremely hot lady, and you've turned over, and you just have a freaking stiffy, the towel's elevated. I'm sure that happens so much. It does happen a lot. A lot of guys actually come. And then they just clean it up, and they're like, it's no big deal. Apparently, that happens all the time. Wow. Right? Do you imagine being able to bust your load that easy? No. Me neither. No, I can't. Um, the only massage I've ever received was uh, in Hawaii. It was like this couple massage thing with Liz. The guy, there was a guy massaging me, and even if it had been a woman, I wouldn't have enjoyed it really? at all. Yeah. You didn't like it? I didn't like it at all. Why not? What kind of, wait, what kind of massage was it? Was it like a deep tissue, like really deep, or was it just kind of like soothing, like? 
It's like supposed to be one of those relaxing, soothing things. Okay. I mean, it's like Hawaii. You're on vacation. So it's like it just, wasn't like a therapeutic. Like I'm gonna break up muscle tissue. Because so like a little pants. bit of pressure and just kind of like soothing oil. Like yeah, I don't like those type of massages. You got to get the fuck it like ah like elbows. Like yeah, yeah. There wasn't any like shiatsu going on. It was just like it, I mean, this was Hawaii vacation. Like, they get 100 people in there a day for couples massages to have this nice little relaxing, like, oh, let me try to put you in the mood for your spouse sort of deal. Yeah. Have you seen the ones in Asia where they put you on a bed face down and then they have ropes that they hold on to and they walk on your back and dig their heels as hard as they can? I would have preferred that. You think you'd do one of those now? I would do. I, I would give one of those a shot. Just because it's like like it, deep and like it's not sensual. It's not like no. It's it's a therapeutic thing. Yeah, yeah. I talked to you know. It's funny. Like Thailand. And go ahead. Thailand, you can get a massage for about six, seven bucks, and that includes a happy ending. Um, yeah, it's pretty good, right? Like you can go every day, and it's going to be cheaper than going to McDonald's. And uh, Cody and I were talking about it. I was like. How many times do you think you would get short time? Which, for those of you who don't know, short time and long time in Thailand, like short time is like four hours of like a prostitute basically, and long time is like three days. (laughs) And they'll charge you like a little over $100 for three days, and they'll just like hang out with you. (laughs) All day, every day? Yeah, and Cody's like, I would never do that. And I'm like, well, think about it this way. If you're a single dude, you could get like 10 long times, and it's like being with like a girlfriend – a different girlfriend every three days. Like, you'd never feel alone. Dude, I wouldn't even know what to do. Um, like, if I did ten long times... Yeah? I would probably request the same girl. Yeah. Okay. And it would honestly probably turn into a Mario Kart derby. Like, yeah. Like, it wouldn't even be about sex at, after a certain point. It'd be like, I'm tired of doing this. Let's play some N64... You're Yoshi, See, I'm Mario. And you could do that, but it, you could do that with 10 different women. That's the idea of Thailand for a lot of people. It's like they'll go over there and get a bunch of long times from different women and be like, okay, we're going to bang three times a day, and then we're going to do th- the things I want to do, and they just do it. And that's a big appeal for some people. Um, I couldn't imagine that personally. I'm paying you to play Mario Kart now. Get on the fucking controller. I'd probably try I'd probably do a long time one time and regret it. <laughs> it's like, cuz you don't know what to do with it. Well, it's cuz you get so excited like you get that freaking bust built up in you and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to order a long time." And then you freaking bang one time and you're like, "Oh shit, this person's with me for 71 more hours." <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like No, so for me, it would be Order the long time, do my thing, and then just start living my life, and they have to follow me around. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and if I feel like it, if it's in a dressing room in a fucking Sears, guess yeah. what? Me love you long time. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd probably get some Russians over there. That's what I would do. Russians are everywhere. If you go to strip clubs, that's, that's what you're running into. Pretty much a Russian woman. That one that fell 20 feet? recently did you see that no. 
Really? No. You didn't see that shit? No, there's a prostitute? or a No, it's a stripper. She t- took like a 20-foot fall like OSHA's investigating this shit, dude. What did she fall off of? A, a pole. Oh, a pole? Yeah. How did she get up there? She climbed. Well, that's her own damn fault. Yeah, but... Uh, stripper stripper breaks jaw and brutal fall from top of giant pole. Yeah, so I, I basically wrote down that... Uh, she was going to fill that after the meth wore off. Yeah. Okay, make sure to mute the volume. Otherwise, we could get... Okay. Perfect. I'm going to show you this. Okay. So, oh, great. Blah, 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 blah. This, I, I tried to mute the volume. I don't know what's going on here. Blah, 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 blah. It's still going to come through. Is on it? The re- on the recording, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, this is an ad that we have to deal with. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we could get removed for it, though. That's what I'm saying. Um, the ad? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, anything, yeah. anything that's copyright. Blah, oh, blah, well, blah, 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 blah. Sorry. Click the volume. Uh, Click the volume. There. Um, Video contains images. Boom! Good, bitch. Yeah. But so. then she got right back up and started twerking, so. Yeah. But, I mean, How like. How bad can it be? Like, just, again. So, this happened a couple weeks ago. Okay. So let's take a look one more time. Boom. And she gets up. That is a true sign of professionalism there. Yep. Boom. <laughs> Like, she hit that hard. Yeah, she fucked herself up for sure. You know, I don't know what. She's never going to climb that high again. Well, and th- this is why OSHA's investigating that because... Uh, why you have a pole that high? Yeah. What, are you starting a fire department? Well, Fuck you. Well, th- they're saying if it's over six feet, they have to wear helmets now. Really? Yeah. Damn. I've never, I've never been to a strip club before. Really? Never. Oh, I have to change that. Oh, I'll go. I'll, I'll for sure go to one. I just... I, I have almost, to change that. I actually almost went to one with Anwar one time. Well, Anwar's a piece of shit. Yeah, but he had a friend that was a hooker and like... Or not a hooker, a stripper. And uh, like you get the special... <coughs> I guess you get the special treatment if you know them. So that was the only time. And then yeah. my car broke down and like leaked fluid so we couldn't go. It was really sad. So... I'll go. I'll definitely go to one. I'm not saying I'm going to, you know. I feel like it's just going to be disappointing, if anything. Now, would I go to a brothel or something in uh, Taiwan? Not Taiwan. Thailand? Not Thailand. Uh, uh, Tijuana, possibly. But I don't know. (laughs) You don't know? I don't know. Why not go to Nevada? Ugh, because American. Like, American culture is... Okay. Okay, but I'm gonna gonna say one thing about that. They're regulated in Nevada. Those women have to do testing, like for STDs and all sorts of stuff. And I'm a bug chaser, man. What? I'm a bug chaser. You're a bug chaser. Yeah, you gotta chase the bug. It's the thrill of not knowing. So it's you're like, willing oh, to I cast can get the chlamydia. Dice. Let's get chlamydia. I don't know. Am I gonna get it? It's, it's not chlamydia. Chlamydia is very treatable. Ah, oh, syphilis. Again, treatable if you catch it in the first two ah, stages. Ah, HIV. That's the one. 
No, I don't. I don't believe there's. Any, I haven't run into any women that have HIV. I have. Have you? Yes. Did they ever have sex with a person who had had sex with a man? Not my problem. I was informed by female patients that they had HIV. Now, did they get it from needles? That's. I think needles are different. But like, I've never met a girl that's had sex with a man who's never had sex with another man who's gotten AIDS. Unless they do needle drugs, and then they got HIV that way, and then passed it on to their right. sexual partner. Needle, needles or blood; those seem to be the only ways to get really to get HIV, right? Yeah, I mean it's a bloodborne illness. So, like, if if a woman had HIV and you had sex with a woman who had HIV, you you're you're more likely not to get it, right? Not necessarily. I mean, like, so even if there's not frank blood, uh-huh. um like visible blood yeah. there there's still micro tears that happen during sex that would cause ex- exposure to blood and okay. and bloodborne illnesses but what about a girl i feel like a girl that has hiv would have some freaking loose walls if you know what i mean like why I don't, what why because she slept around a lot not necessarily really dude hiv doesn't work that way man hmm. like it, it's it's not as prevalent now, but like you, you, there was a time where you could get it from a blood transfusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and before they really figured out how it worked, there was like guys living double lives, like in the closet, and they'd go to like these uh, bathhouses or whatever. Oh yeah. And th- and then they'd come back home to their wife, and now their wife has it, and then they find out like they're cheating on them, or they're actually gay, right. and they divorce, and then like, oh, boom, ten years later, you have the hiv. Like that, that's that's like a uh, a lot of Cubans were that way. The Cuban mentality is like, like only gay oh, people get it. No, he'll suck. My, I'm, he's gonna suck my dick, like, and then I'm gonna fuck him in the ass. This gay homo, like they view it that way. They view that if you're the one receiving, it's not gay, and that's yeah. that's like there. And I think that's a lot of the world actually, which is yeah, kind of yeah. Interesting. But but that's that it doesn't. Regardless of how you view homosexuality, HIV is still HIV. Yeah, and it's transmitted the same way. Right. Period. I'm just saying. I've never met a straight person that has HIV. I've met a I've met a woman with it, straight. Right, but she could have had sex with a man who had sex with a man. I've never. I, I'm just true, saying. but like, I think you're speaking from a place of complete naive naivety. Like, Maybe, like, you don't understand the pathology behind it and what builds. Okay, so if them. HIV was derived in chimps, is what I was taught in school, how to get to Maybe. humans. Uh, probably consumption of undercooked meat. Ugh. To be honest, that's probably what it was. You don't think some guy had sex with a chimp? Nope. Hmm. I think it was... Because con- that's, that's what happens a lot. That The COVID-19, the new coronavirus that's mm. out. Yeah. First of all, there's hundreds of thousands of coronaviruses out there. Mm-hmm. But this new one, COVID-19, again, it's uh, animal-to-human transmission, probably through undercooked food. Well, have you seen what they eat over there? 
nasty ass fucking people. I saw I've I've been seeing a lot of posts like if you're eating like this, you deserve to die. <laughs> They're like cooking up scorpions and maggots and stuff in this big pan and adding in. They bats. do that. I've I've been offered um, crickets before. Did you tell them go fuck yourself? I didn't tell them that, but I just declined yeah. politely. There's a Hispanic neighbor from across the street at my old place. Yeah. His name was Jorge. He was having a barbecue, and he had grilled crickets out there. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? No. I have had a, a chocolate cricket before. but Really? Yeah. They made us do it at an induction for a company to get hired. I would have told them no. Right. I would have told them no. Right. But at that time, I needed the money, you know, so you wanted to do things you don't want to do. Uh, and it was like a small, it's like, it's just chocolate covered. Fuck them. Anyways. It's like what tarantulas. Company? What? What company? Clearlink. Clearlink? Yeah. Okay. Same company where the CEO would get the top performer, whoever sold the most. He would give him his black card, his like, his black card, and uh, they could go to Vegas and buy anything they want for 24 hours. Some kid bought a house and a car, and he was like, cool, on his credit card. So that was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty badass. But he made me eat a cricket. So. That's that's worth a cricket in my mind. Right? No, he was, from what I understood, the CEO was really good to his employees. I never saw any of that. Could have been just a folk legend. True. But if somebody were willing to pay for my house and both of my cars for eating a cricket, I'd eat a cricket. Yeah, no, the dude would just give his credit card and be like, you have 24 hours. Buy what you want. And yeah. most people would be like really conservative with it and like go on the strip and buy a few things. But then one guy bought a house and some cars and he was like, cool. Nice. Congratulations. You're my best salesperson. You deserve it. That's the type of CEO I'd want to be. Yeah, for sure. Or the ability, like I hate corporate culture. So if I get into a position, like if I was an Elon Musk or whatever, or a Warren Buffett and you have a $50 billion net worth, if I could send every one of my employees on a vacation, a week-long vacation for their birthday, I would do that. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to give you a birthday cake. We're going to send you. Where do you want to go? Oh, I'm going to go to Greece. Cool. I'm going to set up this thing. I'm going to give you $10,000 in cash to spend there, and I want you to have your fun. Your hotel room's paid for. Your flight's paid yeah. for. I want you to have fun. That's 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 the type of boss I'd want to be. I would, I would love to work for somebody like that. Oh, yeah. You're guaranteed a vacation anywhere you want. Yeah. Once a year? Oh, yeah. No, that'd just be be my thing as a boss. Like, and then tenure plays into it. It's like, you've been here 10 years. I bought you a house. Like, shit like that. Oh, God, dude. That's where I would, like, spend all my resources. If I could just, like, plan parties for all my employees or, like, plan things to give them for making me money, that's all I would do. That you would be a good. You would be a good person to work for. Maybe not good for investment investors but you'd be a good person to work for but what if i spent my own money doing that like my own salary because it wouldn't make a dent then that's great yeah like i would i would want to run a tight ship but use my own money to like make people's house like oh yeah i'm paying for thanks for uh retiring with us what i'm gonna do for you is one i'm gonna double your pension two i'm gonna fund all four of your kids college funds like they're each have a hundred thousand dollars in it doesn't doesn't make a dent. Thank you for making me so much money over the years. Yeah, that's what I would do. That's not, a, that would be amazing. Not a birthday cake. Here's a cake. Thanks for forty years. Uh, yeah, not not a retirement cake and a little watch. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Because my, my grandpa, not my grandpa, my great-grandpa retired from the railroad way back in the day. And so they gave him a watch? Uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, the, the, this guy, World War II vet, as far as I know. Um, this is what I've been told about him. He never talked about anything, really. But he was a World War II vet, came back, worked for Union Pacific until he retired. And they gave him a fucking pocket watch. Yeah. That used to be the standard back then. They probably He probably made them hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they probably paid him a salary of... I mean, back then, it'd probably be under 10 grand. Yeah. So, yeah. It's and not well under that. Well, guys that were going to uh, World War II, their life insurance policies were 10 grand. Yeah. Like, to give you an idea of what that the inflation difference is when I went to Afghanistan in 2012 my life insurance policy was $450,000 yeah so 10 grand back in the 40s right is basically equivalent to $450,000 2012 I only have like a $100,000 plan something like that Back then, I was like, I'm more worth more dead than I am alive. Yeah. To my to my wife, I'm worth more dead than I am alive. Yeah. And um, luckily, sh- I, she either loves me or never figured that out. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, now if I were to apply for a life insurance policy, it'd be the same thing. It'd be like $150,000. Which, it depends on the company, but, like... Like, if I wanted a half a million plan, I'd have to pay about five bucks a month into it. But I don't know. I think it's bullshit that you have to have a job in, in order to get, like, life insurance or health insurance. Like, look at the guys who start their own businesses and they have to pay. Um, like, people, entrepreneurs that, and especially under the Affordable Health Care, the Affordable care act or whatever health care act yeah entrepreneurs especially went from paying premiums of like four to six hundred dollars a month to thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars a month and that's ridiculous like in order to live the american dream like you start your own company and you have to pay an absorbent amount of money because you're not working for somebody like that's crazy to me i don't know that's just bizarre health insurance is like I don't believe a socialized thing is the best way to go, but I think there's huge room for improvement. There is a lot of room for in, improvement. And um, I don't know what the solution is. A, a single-payer program may, mo- may not be the, the ideal, but I will say this. Um, when it comes to emergency treatment, I think single-payer is the way to go. And I think that's fine. Yeah, for emergency stuff, like, for sure. Like, you get in a car accident and get fucked up yeah you shouldn't have to be worrying about your your hospital bill while you're sitting there recuperating just the idea of a deductible deductible is crazy it's like you need to hit this amount of money and then we'll pay the rest right that's bananas to me like oh this surgery is going to cost you seventy two thousand dollars well why does it cost that much is it because it actually costs that much to do or is it because there's greedy companies companies yeah because you can go to europe so um, I have a woman in my class 
She's got a son that needs a septoplasty and a turbinate reduction. Okay. Which is uh, um, all on the nose, but it's not plastic surgery. It's um, to increase airflow through mm-hmm. his nose. Yeah. Um, I saw it done hundreds of times in in the military. Yeah. Hundreds of times. Uh, when I was working in the anesthesia department at Camp Pendleton Hospital. Um, and... I don't know what it costs here. About seven grand for a septo. And, and then you have the turbinate reduction. I don't know that. what that costs. Well, we'll say probably another seven. That's probably fair. So $14,000 for the surgery. In in Europe, it would be 5000 for the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, plus antibiotics after the surgery, post-op treatments, and follow-ups. Like. Yeah, I talked to... Uh I, I talked about it to my my parents here, like with insurance in general. Car insurance is extortion, and the only reason car insurance is so high is because cars cost so much here. If cars were the same thing as they are in Europe and Asia and like it, like India, China, where you could buy a brand new car for five thousand dollars, there should not be financing for cars. You should not be able to finance a car. Less people would have cars, but then the people who actually have them bought them. And could pay a way less insurance premium. I think it's a better way to go. Yeah. Um, the idea that you can say, well, I want to buy this $50,000 car, but I can't pay for it now. I'll just make a pledge to pay for it over the next six years. Um, and then you have to pay another company to be like, if I get in an accident, then you'll pay. Like, it's so convoluted because we live so far out of our means in this country. Yeah, and I I kind of read a thing um, about this the the whole automobile dilemma in the United States. It kind of spurred from the the fact that when automobiles came around about, unless you were on the East Coast, like you pretty much either needed that or a few horses and a buggy mm. to get around. Yeah, and um. And so it was literally like you needed it for transportation. Mm-hmm. So even back in the 30s, you can pull up pictures from the Great Depression where people are like, $100 will buy this car. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, but you look at it back then, like that was a need from the Mississippi River to California. Right. Like it was, it was a need. Yeah. Trucks, cars, or several horses in a buggy. That's what you needed to get around. Which is crazy because if banks nowadays did not finance cars, if there was no way to finance a car, how much would cars cost? Probably about 10 grand. Right. And even then, like not many people would be able to like just lay that down. There'd be less drivers on the road. Maybe they would take public transportation a little more seriously. On the way back from Lehigh yesterday, I saw a guy walking down the highway. I saw him just walking down the fucking highway. Was there a car before that that you ran into? No. That you saw? He no. was like, he was literally walking on the, like, on the outer edge. He was like shimmying across, like, just walking down the highway. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Why? Because if you're walking long distance, he was walking between American Fork and Lehigh, and there's no exit in between that. Why not take a back road? 
he was walking down the highway where there's like this much room between the lane and the side. There's like no walkway, and he's just walking. Well, so first of all, that's illegal. Right. Um, because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, um, the reason he's doing that is because the freeway is a more direct route. Yeah. It's a straighter route. Makes sense. It's a straight line. It's practically a straight line. Makes sense. Versus uh, going on the frontage road, which runs parallel to the freeway, but might cut like a quarter mile to the east or west or yeah. whatever. And yeah, you know, like. But anyways, I don't know how I got off on that. But the sense that car companies or banks can be like, yeah, we'll, we'll spot you for the next six years. You just have to pay us 3%. Four percent, right, right, and then, then you have all the mechanical problems that you'd have to face. Like you still have to repair, pay for registration, and, it's, but it's acceptable. Like if you look on the highway, ninety-five percent of those cars are financed. My car's financed. Yeah, mine is too. But to be fair, I put down like eleven thousand dollars on mine. Right, but how many people just, like, save up and buy a car in cash? I know my grandparents did it. My, my great-grandparents great, my great did it. I don't know about my grandparents. And nowadays, it's unheard of. It's like, oh, you saved up $40,000 and bought a Lexus outright? Like, Jesus Christ. Nowadays, it's, like, very, very normal to be like, I paid $1,000 down for a $40,000 car. Right. Uh, that's I'll never do that. Me neither. Like... If I'm buying a new car like I did, I bought a brand new car when I bought my car. Mm-hmm. I put over ten grand down. Yeah, I have equity in that car, as you've stated. Now. Right. Like, if I had to, I could sell my car, pay off the loan, and still have five thousand left over. Shit, you guys could liquidate every single thing that you own, and you would probably have over a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Probably. But then we wouldn't have a house. Right. You know, like, that's the thing. Yep. We could probably go buy a condo for 90000 but I don't know a single condo complex that would allow Hunter to live in it. It's true. You can move to Thailand, buy a three-bed, two-bathroom for eighty grand, and then be debt-free. Yeah, but I don't know what Thailand's nursing laws are. It's socialized medicine. I know yeah, that. Well... That's different than what the scope of practice is for a nurse. Yeah. You know. True. Even if you could be like a street vendor for art, though. I could. Yeah. I could just go paint landscapes of Thailand and sell it to tourists for like (laughs) $200 a pop. Yeah. I... I don't know, man. I would love that. Like, if I get... That's that's my end goal. I want to live over there. At least for a while. If I could make income over there... If I could get a job paying $100,000 remote and move to Thailand for 10 years, I could move back with a lot of money. Like, a lot of money. The cost of living here is so funny. Yeah, it kind of sucks. But we all accept it. And the only reason that it's so high is because we all don't say no. That's true. Like, if everybody said no to uh, mortgage rates here... They would lower the rates. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't. I don't feel it at all. Um, sorry, this is a hard change of gears. I just went and took a piss. 
uh, and you guys can imagine that however you you want. Um, I'm not going to pee my pants. I'm not that drunk yet. Uh, but, yeah, I think I need to start, especially if I've eaten. I need to, if, if we're going to have this flow the way it should, about two hours ahead of time. Yeah. Because then I can just kind of ride the wave and maintain. Yeah, yeah. For me, I either have to go full-blown, like, drunk or absolutely sober. Yeah. Otherwise, like, if I just have, like, one beer, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And and like I said yesterday, I drank three Ghost Riders after I ate a meal. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel a damn thing. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's weird how that works. So... Um, I definitely still feel the effects of... I don't know if I'm still in ketosis or not. I ate a lot of carbs today, but I don't know how it quite works as far as, like, how many carbs you eat before you get kicked out of it. I still feel like my tolerance is very low. Because <coughs> I feel like I can still formulate my sentences now, even though this will be... Is this a double-double again? No. Well, it's just a double. Just a double? Okay, so that'd be two, five, six. I've had six drinks then. Uh, like it's it's quite a bit. Like I I definitely feel it a lot. And I've had eight. Yeah. I don't know what that says about me, but I'm just barely starting to feel it. Well, and that could be just the carbohydrates versus ketosis, I guess. Yeah, because um, a year ago, if I had eight drinks, I'd be fucking shmammered. Yeah. I'd be gone, dude. Yeah. Legit. Now I'm getting. Now that I'm getting a little bit. I guess I took a huge tolerance break for a while and then just. Yeah, uh, all of October. And then like all of October, but then even the past like two weeks, I haven't drank very much either. And it's been, uh, I get headaches a lot easier now from just drinking a couple of drinks. Like one drink, I'll get a headache. And uh, I don't know. Do you get it immediately or later? Like two drinks and I'll get it immediately. Okay. Not right now, but depends on the. It depends on the, uh, I definitely feel it more the next day nowadays. Yeah? Yeah. I wonder, this is a, another hard shift of gears. I wonder if the Republican would allow us to set up in their space and record there. Might be too noisy, depending it, on how busy it is. It, it might be, but like, say we do it like middle of the week. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I don't know. It's definitely. Possible. What do you think? It's definitely possible. I, I, yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, haven't been there. I haven't been there in probably shit. I haven't been there in. I think over a year actually. It's been a long time. It's been a while for me too, but I've been there more recently than you have. Yeah, um, I haven't been there since they finished the remodel. I didn't even know they remodeled. I, I, I went there while they were in the process. Like the actual main bar itself or the back room? It, n- neither. They me they remodeled the front. Oh, so it doesn't look just like a red door anymore? Yeah, there's like a, a nicer door and there's... um. It, it's a... There's like a patio... That goes out onto the sidewalk a little ways. Mm-hmm. That's accessible. 
um, and they shut it down during the winter. Like, there's, like, a movable wall, basically. Interesting. And they they open it during the summer and shut it down during the winter now. That's, like, the whole idea. When they were doing it, I asked about it. I was okay. like, what the fuck's going on over there? They're like, oh, yeah, the owner wants to remodel and do this with it. And I was like, well, that's dumb. I like the way this place is. And a couple of the bartenders were like, I like the way it is, too, but it's not my bar. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it'll get more popular now. Yeah, That people actually know it's a bar instead of a sex dungeon. Because <laughs> that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, when I first invited you guys over, I wasn't sure how how you were going to I knew it. about that bar. That was the first bar I looked into when I turned 21 because I was like, I want to get a Guinness on the tap. And I looked into the best Guinness in Utah, and they were number one. Followed by what? Piper Down. Of course. Yeah. Piper Down does make a really good Guinness. But not not like the Republicans. It's about the I would say it's about the same. I mean, if I'm being 100% honest, like you're nitpicking at that point and I'm going to guess that it's nothing like what it's like in Ireland. Oh, no. For sure not. And I hear that if you drink it here and then you go to Ireland, you're like it tastes exactly the same, but then when you come back, then it's like, oh, yeah, Ireland's was way better. It's one of those type situations. Um, the thing I like about the Republican is the fact that it's basically a shrine to the IRA founding members. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love that. Um, well, it is called the Republican. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it's and, not called the Democrat. Yeah. Well, it's the Irish Republic. That's what it's for. Um. I didn't know this until I was doing my internship at the jail, but apparently there is an Irish gang in Utah. Really? I don't know what they're called. The Dilly Whackers. I, I, I have no idea what they, they're called. Um, I do know, based off of that location, that the Barons, uh, which is a motorcycle club in Salt Lake, is heavily associated with that bar. Okay. I had a couple of run-ins with them um, outside of that bar. Uh I went there with Alex. I don't think you were with us. Macy was with us, but it was like Alex, Macy, and Cody. That bitch. Yeah. Uh, met me for some drinks there. Mm -hmm. And Cody got involved in playing darts. And you know how Cody is. Like, like once Cody gets wrapped up in something, he can go for fucking ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds like him. And all of us were done for the night. Like, we're like, we're fucking done. And so we walked out to Alex's truck, and we were sitting there, and uh, Cody was still inside playing darts against, like, four or five different guys. And uh, the Barons have a clubhouse in that area, and uh, one, of the, one of the Barons walked over and knocked on our window and was like, what are you guys up to? And Alex didn't know how to answer him. He was like, holy shit, there's an actual motorcycle gang member talking to me. Uh-huh. And uh, I leaned forward, and then Alex eventually rolled down my window so I could talk to him. I was like, dude, we just got out of the Republican. Um, we had a few drinks. We're trying to sober up a little bit and wait for our friend to come out. He's in there playing darts against some guys, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the Baron was like, cool. We just wanted to make sure you weren't dealing any drugs. We've been tr chasing tweakers off this block all week. Oh, wow. And I'm like, sweet. No. Like, we're just kind of taking a few minutes to sober up and wait for our buddy to get done playing darts. And he's like, all right, have a good night. Huh. You know? And I, I guarantee you that was their sergeant at arms. Yeah. 
that came out and talked to us was probably ready to smoke all of us too. Yeah. And Alex looked straight at me and was like, "I'm so glad you're here. I wouldn't have not. I wouldn't have known how to handle that situation." Huh. And I was like, "Dude, you just talk to him. Like, yeah. Like motorcycle gangs are are different than normal gangs. Like, yeah, they have territory and stuff, but like if they come up and say like, "What are you doing?" If you just tell them like, "I drank too much. I'm sobering up before I drive." They're going to be like, I understand. Yeah. Have a good night. But the idea, the idea that they act as the police for the community is bullshit. I like it. You? Yeah. You know why? Why? Because they're around all the time. Yeah. The cops aren't. It's true. I lived in a neighborhood that was run, run by Mongols. Yeah. Once the Mongols showed up, crime went down a lot. Really? Yeah, not necessarily drug-related crime, but, like, breaking into cars, like, B&Es, okay. theft, all went down. I would like the mafia to come back. I wouldn't want bikers to control it. If it was the mafia, like, if there were straight-up guys who drove around in, like, Bentleys and, like, had fedoras and three-piece suits and were like, Hey, motherfucker, son of a bitch. <laughs> they were like... Some Al, Al Capone motherfuckers. Yeah, and then progressive and uh, freaking Geico and all that shit didn't exist. And instead, you just paid freaking Tony. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, hey, Tony, some guy fucking broke my window. And Tony's like, I'll handle it. And he goes down there, breaks some legs. <laughs> it doesn't happen again. And yeah. Geico's like, well, we can meet the deductible. Fuck you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, y- you say that, but like MCs. Mm-hmm. So, so I feel like mafias are more of like a Chicago East. Yeah. Like you hit Chicago and you move East and that's where like mafiosos are. Yeah. MCs are like the mafias of out West. I guess. I just like the idea of the, I feel like. Because there's still the structure and they, they do, they like look out for the community that they're in. Yeah. And it it sounds horrible to like say like like everyone watched the Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Fucking everybody and their dog and their grandmother watched that show, and they're right. like, "Oh, this is cool." But like, you know, like yeah, that was an entertaining show. But like having lived in a neighborhood that was basically run by the Mongols, mm-hmm. I can say from experience. Um, they they do drive out a lot of the riffraff because they they come in and they set up shop and if they have a clubhouse in the area, like that's their zone. Yeah. They don't want fucking homeless tweakers. They'll sell drugs to the tweakers. Uh huh. But they don't want homeless tweakers wandering around breaking into cars like causing trouble for other members of the community because that pulls law enforcement in. Yeah. So they go out and they handle that on their own. They'll be, like, chilling out in the middle of the night, just hanging out, barbecuing. They see some fucking tweaker walking down the side of the road, like, checking door handles on cars. And, hey, what are you doing? And they just beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. Don't come back. Yeah. No matter how high that guy is, he's going to remember his three missing teeth. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like so yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's kind of how I view them. I don't mind them. That's fair. 
Like, I just like the idea of organized crime. Like that's what's that's what's appealing to me about the mafia is that they're clean. Well, but if you like that though, like I'm I'm saying, MCs are the same thing. They have a structure. They have a president. They have an underboss, yeah. vice president. They have a secretary that keeps track of the books. They have like a a, a sergeant in arms that f- enforces their community rules. Like they are the Peaky Blinders of the Western United States. Right. Like they, they have that structure, right, and that organization, and they have soldiers, and you know, they they have all of that, but the only difference is is they're fucking tatted up, they wear leather, they ride Harleys, but coming from a Mongol neighborhood, I can say that like you know. Back when I was in that life, like MC life, it's a hard life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you have to look over your shoulder. You have to be worried about it. But if you're just a member of their, like, if you're just living in their community and you're not causing problems, they don't give a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. You don't owe them anything. If they see someone trying to break into their car, into your car in the yeah. middle of the night, they're going to break their fucking legs. Yeah. And guess what? You have no idea. Right. Why? Because you're sleeping in your bed. And yeah. some prospect went and fucked this meth head up yeah. because he was trying to steal your car. Well, all I'm saying is that, like in Idaho, for example, they just barely made it illegal to... Uh, shit, what did they make it illegal to do? They made it illegal to... If you don't have insurance, they can revoke your registration. And they were, like, cheering about that. And I'm like, that is such bullshit. Like, that is such... Uh, totalitarianism in the sense that like if you if you don't uh have insurance we're going to take your ability to drive therefore companies have lobbied us enough to be able to take away your ability to drive if you don't pay them for a just-in-case fee and i'm sitting here like remove all that shit go back to the fundamental libertarian uh belief that like your choices or whatever you do if i pay tony and tony says if someone fucks up your car, I'm going to fuck them up. It only takes one example for the other people to be like, oh, shit, I should be more careful. Otherwise, right. the Sopranos are going to come kick my <laughs> ass in. No, and, and, and that's true. I, I 100% agree. Or MCs. MCs, fine, too. That, but that, that's what I'm saying is like MCs operate the same way. But they don't have as much class. They don't have as much class. They don't have an Italian restaurant they all go to and drink espressos and eat bread. No, no, they don't. They have a fucking squat house that they go to and cook meth. (laughs) And repair bikes. uh, Yeah, but honestly, uh, one of the best bike mechanics I've ever met in my life was a former Hells Angel. Mm. Uh, Like, he got out of the game. He opened up a bike mechanic shop. Excellent fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, again, like I felt Liz was unhappy with it because she had to hear the bikes, but I've never felt more safe than having an MC in my neighborhood. Mm. Like here, I'm in an affluent neighborhood, so I feel more safe. Yeah. But like when it comes to living, kind of in impoverished areas those 
and and this is why you you go down to Mexico or Colombia wherever uh, what's his name was um, the narcos guy I can't remember Pablo his name. Escobar Pablo Escobar that's why people loved him yeah because if they weren't involved in anything he fucking took care of them right and it was the same way when I lived in South Salt Lake with the Mongols. They handled business. They showed up. I didn't have to worry anymore. Yeah. Like, I really didn't. Yeah, once you, you know, once you get into, like, the deep politics of how police departments work, I wouldn't be surprised if the police department here shields pedophiles. Because Cottonwood Heights is a very rich place. I would not be surprised... If the sheriff or the, I don't know what you call I guess the police chief at that point, if it's a police department, had very high powerful friends. And to solve the problem isn't to solve the problem of that kind of shit. It's to shield people from like the homeless people that are here. Yes. I, I, would, I would not be surprised if the police force here is shielding something. Because police departments operate independently depending on how their chiefs or their uh, sheriffs operate. Right. So I would not be surprised, especially in this area and knowing Audrey, the girl that I dated for a while who got involved in like prostitution and got sent to rich people parties and the things she's seen. The, I would the not, one that was in Florida, right? Yeah. The one that you met over FaceTime. Um, okay. I would not be surprised if there's some pedophilic shit that the police protect here. You think? Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm not in any way condoning uh the lifestyle like the criminal lifestyle like i'm not condoning that at all uh, uh i want to make that very clear like i think there's other ways to be successful in life but i will say when i was living in south salt lake in an area that was definitely uh more Poor than not. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> having community-based enforcers that watched out for the well-being of just everyone in general because the cops are spread so thin mm -hmm. was really nice to have. Yeah. I, like, again, I'm trying to get a job with the sheriff's department. I'm trying to uh, be a jail nurse. I will never smuggle anything into the gel for anyone. I will never do any of that shit. Um, you're not going to drop a duck with me. Like, period. Uh, but when I was living in a situation where that kind of lifestyle is expected, mm -hmm. it was nice to have community enforcers. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It would be nice. It would be nice. And I would say, like, I may apply for a police department... And, uh, you know, I'll just say that, you know, if the criminals better pay me double because uh, otherwise, you know, otherwise I'm going to I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, and I want to make that very clear. Like I I'm not going to offer any special treatment to anyone that's in jail if I'm a jail nurse. Like I don't care if I know them. I don't care. Like because I ran in. I, I didn't run into him, but I saw an old neighbor of mine from South Salt Lake mm, yeah, at yeah. the county jail, my last shift there. Yeah. 
I was passing meds in, I think, Alpha Pod, it was. I can't remember. <clears throat> it was in one of the housing units. I was passing meds, and I felt somebody looking at me, and I look over, and my fucking, uh, my neighbor that used to live right across the street from me is sitting there walking circles around the tables, like, just getting some exercise in. And he, like, nodded to me, and I just kind of waved at him a little bit, because, like, I... I I'll, I can spot his face from a mile away. Mm-hmm. I used to interact with him on a daily. Yeah. He, he, in general, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he helped me with some roofing issues because uh, that's what that's the business that he worked with. But uh, I, I saw him in there, and would I have treated him any different? No. I might have asked him how he was doing. Yeah. That's the only way I would have treated him different. Yeah. You know, like... How are you doing? Instead of like, oh, here's your meds. Let me see your cheeks. They have to open their cheeks to show that they're not hiding their meds. Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah. You know, that that's the only difference. <clears throat> so. That's fair. It makes you wonder how many people, like, how many people that work in the jail are actually undercover for organizations? I don't know. Because, like, I mean, just in the sense that, if there's organized crime or MCs or people that want to be on the inside, like how oh, many yeah. pe- how many people are in the ins- are on the inside and that are close to the sheriff or whatever, and that's that's kind of interesting to me. That and I mean, that's int- something to think about. Internal affairs would be a hell of a job. Like that would be yes. a fun job, I think. Yes, and and for me, I'm just a guy that wants a job. Mm-hmm. I I can't control who goes to jail and who doesn't. Right. The fact that I ran, uh, I didn't run into him, but the fact that I saw my old neighbor there. Yeah. I have nothing to do with that. Right. You know, like, I have no control over that. There was a nurse a couple weeks ago that uh, she had to switch assignments because her stepson got booked. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, hey, you're on uh, Bravo Pod. I can't be on Bravo Pod. My son's in jail right now, and I looked him up. And he's in Bravo Pod. Mm. Oh, okay. And then they just swap, you know. But uh, like the the thing is, I don't have anyone in my life right now that I would actively actively know that is in jail. Mm-hmm. And um. And. So if I happen to run into somebody that I know that's in there, then it's like a happenstance, but I'm not going to treat them any different. <laughs> you haven't run into Aaron yet? <clears throat> I haven't seen him, no. Oh, I, I haven't good for seen, him. I've, I haven't seen Aaron Walker, no. All right, um, good for him. Uh, doesn't mean he's not walking the line, but, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that whole situation um, with my old neighbor caused me to uh, text his old girlfriend, or his current girlfriend, actually. They're still together. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, are you two still together? What's going on? And it turns out, like, and I hated to hear this, but she's, like, back to using and stuff. So I'm not going to go visit them. Mm-hmm. But, like, I texted her, and I was like, are you still sober? You know, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, my kids got taken away. I'm using again. I'm trying really hard not to. It's just like, that That fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. 
but because she was she was doing really well. She got one of her kids back. Yeah, like, it happens. I mean, Cody was in a similar situation. Um, Cody's parents used to do heroin. Really? And he was taken away by the state, him and his sister. Okay. And he lived in, like, shelters. Here He lived under the state for a long time. But they would have him go to a 7-Eleven and buy cigarettes, and it was heroin. And he was, like, seven, eight. And yeah, that totally happens. Yeah, so then he did that. They got taken away. His parents quit cold turkey, stopped smoking cigarettes, stopped doing every type of drug. His mom still smokes weed, which, you know, whatever. But they were doing, like, heroin. Now they I'm, wouldn't even do cigarettes. Yeah, I mean. Because <clears throat> of the fear of losing their kids. It was like. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> honestly, that works for some people and it doesn't for others. Like, yeah. for my old neighbor, uh, not the guy that was in jail, because he was just, like, kind of her boyfriend. I knew her longer than I knew him, and I'm not going to release names. But, uh, I, like, I knew her, and I knew how hard she was trying to get her kid back. Yeah. And she worked, and worked, and, like, she she ground at it, and I was, like, really proud of her, you mm-hmm. know? And, and to find out that it's all gone now is kind of a bummer, but... Sorry, Denver, that this is not, uh, comedy, Denver... Fuck face. <laughs> I I don't know, dude. Like this this is kind of like what happens. You say you said in your email just let it flow and this is the flow. Right now. This is the flow. Yeah. So I'm not gonna force comedy if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um Well it's not even like you can force comedy. I feel like a third person's important for actually like keeping it silly because it's really easy to get really serious. And yeah, then, especially between you and me. Yeah, between two people, and then it takes one person to like break it up and like just be off the cuff and right. That's I I don't know. Like, right, right. I'm okay with wherever it leads. So, so am I, and I know we're labeled as comedy, and it doesn't always turn out that way. But that's just why we need more guests. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I feel if we get like a 50-50 ratio going, it'll be pretty good. But. Yeah. You know, right now it is what it is. And I'm doing this more for me. This is more for my own mental health. I feel like I get a lot out of this. Mm -hmm. Then. It is for anyone else. So if you're expecting to listen to like funny ass shit on this, there is some funny stuff earlier than this. I don't know if there will be funny stuff after this, but this is what it is right now. And I don't really give a shit about whether or not like you're having a good time. Uh, You know what? I think it's, I like it in the sense that, one, most of the people that I've met, it's uh, me doing this podcast, you doing this podcast. We have more listeners than, like, we have more listens than most people know. What am I trying to say? 
the amount of listens that we have, the amount of hours or people that have listened to every single podcast, the total number is higher than most people that know other people's names. Therefore, That's true. therefore, like I can actually say more people listen to my voice than know your name, whoever I'm talking to through this microphone. That's true. And the only difference and the only reason I've gotten to there and you've gotten to there is because we've done it. Like we've continually done it. Yeah, we, we record every week, and when there were weeks where it was like like the bachelor party or the yeah. the fucking wedding that I had to go to, um, which was a great wedding. Um, yeah. Not to make it sound like the fucking wedding, uh, but we, we recorded in advance. Yeah. Like, so we, we've made sure that there's been something available to drop every single week. Right, and all, all that matters to me is that Again, more people listen to us, more people know about us than know most people's names. Like, just by us putting our voice out there. And that's the thing. Like, I'm a true believer in, like, people need to know you. If you, like, that's the only way. If people don't know you, how, why are they going to buy anything from you? And when I say buy, it could be selling an idea, selling a point of view, a product. The difference is that we're actually trying. Yeah. And uh, we've been continually doing it. And I can confidently say 99.9% of people don't do that. And yeah. that's what makes yeah. it worth it to me is because we're in a minority of people willing right. to try something. Right. So fuck you haters. Go suck a dick. <laughs> and it sounds like Liz just got back home from the gym. And we're hitting almost three hours anyway. So maybe now's a good time. Yeah, maybe it is. Hopefully next week will be more funny and enjoyable for you guys. Yeah. Sorry, it's not comedy. Whatever, enjoy this dick. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. You guys don't want to enjoy it, don't enjoy it. But Lick my chode. Yep, all of it. So. Yeah, so um, Denver, thank you for your input. We will keep that in mind. I will kind I will try to keep it more lighthearted, but as you said, follow the flow of things, and sometimes this is where the flow flow takes us. Uh, so in that case, uh, suck a dick. And this has been another episode of Cheap Shot Podcast. Cheap Shot Discussions. Cheap Shot Discussions with Caden and Dallas. Goodbye. Goodbye. Again, Email us, motherfuckers. If you go back and listen to the first 40 minutes of this, we read some emails. I know a lot of you have probably figured out that it takes about an hour for us to get drunk and start doing our thing, but we will look into your emails. We got two of them, and we read both of them. And it's not just because it was my brother. We're just excited. Yes. Good night. Bye.